0: hey guys it's bobby and kendra say hi kendra god hi Sorry, I'm new at this <laughs>
1: she's new um
0: we are we decided to do something new with our firesides we're going anonymous we decided it was the best thing to do yeah um so we decided to give temple names which we love we kind of told you about it in the in the first episode which you probably just listened to because you're obsessed with us um <laughs> we're talking to one of we're talking to one of my really good friends um her temple name is Lois and just because she's a huge fan of family guy we called her spouse peter who her spouse is a female but you know just it's a family guy it's a family guy joke
1: yeah um but and yeah let's enjoy just... this uh episode that you're mm-hmm. about to listen to because uh we don't often hear um stories about recovery i feel mm-hmm. like and she really was honest about her entire journey. Um, she was a G. I felt so empathetic, and yes, we recorded this in person. So, like, yeah,
0: I was, and I was really excited. I was like hyper and excited. And I know her story, and I kind of like wanted it. So, I, kind yeah. of, I kind of talk over. I apologize. Bear with me, okay?
1: But from here but, on out, we are not doing in person, so that the quality can be better. Until we, until I build a magical studio for us, then yeah this is in persons
0: uh, yeah this was kind of a we had to do it in person just whatever we were there we had to do it in person but uh yeah I think um just as my friend she's been very instrumental in helping me kind of cope with addicts and stuff because I had a lot of ha- anger and hatred toward them because I grew up with them and yeah. she's just she's been through it and I just love her and she's just such a kind Gracious human beings. So, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed recording it, and thank you so much, Lois, for being on and being so open. Enjoy it, guys. We and each of us covenant and promise that we will not reveal any of the secrets of this, the first token of the Uranic priesthood, with its accompanying name, sign, or penalty,
1: should we do so. We agree that our throats be cut from ear to ear, and our tongues torn out by their boots. Search. Ponder. Pray. Is this the place? Fight. Lois. Lois. Lois.
2: Shotshree! It's perfect! Is that not my spirit act? Yeah, I think so. I can't walk away from the fire. <laughs> Lois is my spirit animal.
0: All right, well, welcome to the fireside, brothers and sisters and non-binary listeners. With me, this is Bobby, Duck. Shut.
2: <laughs> Lois! Does red mean we're recording? We've been recording. Okay. <laughs> I like to know when things are happening. I'm doing our intro, can you please? Okay. Yes.
0: <laughs> Anyways, this is Bobby. I'm not redoing really that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the chaos you guys are going to be in for today. Uh, I'm with Kendra. Hey, I am over here. My lovely, lovely co-host. And with us today is Lois. That's her temple name. We decided, we had a talk and we decided that we are going to give the choice to go anonymous. Um, for our guests, because... I just think we should do that. So we're going to give our guests temple names. And if they want to call you through the bell, they can. So, yes, we decided that was a very sexy idea. I think you all agree, right, Ken? Mm-hmm. We yeah. all agree that it's a sexy idea. So what's the, welcome to the podcast, my really Thank good friend, you. Lois! Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You need to talk louder, bitch. <laughs> and also, I like
2: the problem is this is, um, not video, so you don't get the full effect. I know. Daughtry! Daughtry. <laughs> it's Daughtry! I'm losing my voice. Excuse me.
0: She's also got a hot voice because the bitch used to do heroin. <laughs> Uh,
2: Lois is kind of a dirty bitch. Oh, she totally is a dirty bitch. Uh, yeah, Giggity. We love her. We love her. is right. Giggity is right.
0: Um, so Lois and I have known each other for a
2: hot mm. minute. Yeah. Going she, on what, eight years? At I think least. going on ten, dude. At least. Because what are we, 13? So it's got to be ten. Yeah.
0: Um, She was my boss when I moved up to the big city. And... Um, of course, uh, we hated each other to begin with. And then we became very good friends through the through the power of marijuana. <laughs>
1: Literally. Literally.
0: Uh, Lois believed in me and taught me how to bartend. And um, we've gotten to many misadventures. Can I just tell you? What? That's
2: one of my proudest moments, is, is that I taught you how to bartend. I'm not the only one. Well, you and, Kev, you and Kev, dude. Obviously but that I taught you many of things. That you believed in me. And I did. I was like, I feel proud of that because of how good you are. It was a talent that needed to come out in you. I appreciate, and I honestly
0: appreciate that so much because being stagnant in the industry sucks and also when you're just being a server, it's kind of a bummer because... Uh, everyone looks down on soup food service employees, which is bullshit because we work our asses off.
2: They do, and I think bartenders get a different stigma as well. I Mm -hmm. think people don't look down on bartenders as much as they do servers sometimes.
0: Right, but also to be just a kick-ass server and for your boss to be like, I see Mm -hmm. that you kick ass and I'm gonna give you a better job. That was awesome, so I appreciate
2: you. Yeah, I saw the potential bit, (laughs) and I obviously knew. (laughs) And you're also like, them titties. (laughs) I saw it. She only let me down work-wise. On Christmas should, Eve, should we rat you out? It's the only time you truly
0: let me down. At on work. Christmas Eve, when I walked out. Christmas Day. Christmas Day, when I was the only bartender, and there should have been three. I mean, it, so we've made. Did, up. We, did we both let each other down that day? Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: gave you an hour. Perhaps. I mean, do you <laughs> run out on each other? Do you run out on the people you love? Listen, we, we've moved past
0: this. I, we've moved past it, but <laughs> I distinctly.
1: It sure
0: sounds like. It, it. I distinctly <laughs> remember walking up to her and saying. I got an hour left in me, so figure it out. I know. And she left.
2: But then I distinctly remember when Bobby became a GM for the first time, her calling me after her first Christmas and saying, I'm a horrible human being. Uh What I did to you was pure evil. I should have never done it. And I, for the first time, understand exactly how you felt. And I am so sorry. Because I felt horrible. I wouldn't want to put you in that position. Anyways. Well, it
0: was just, it's just one of those things. And that's the nature of the beast with the yeah, industry, right? Exactly. Where it's like, we're always short staffed. And I yeah. remember, I just, I remember, I think about the, this guy that it was this, these two guys, they just got off an airplane and we were like the only place open downtown. And they're like, why aren't you happy? And I'm like, because I'm the think? only fucking bartender. This whole entire bar is full. It's Christmas goddamn day. Yeah. And I'm making a thousand drinks by myself and waiting on a whole entire bar. Holidays are the goddamn worst.
2: I'm sorry, people, but if you don't eat out normally, please don't go out to eat on a holiday. Make yourself a fucking turkey. Buy yourself a bottle of booze. I, you know? (laughs) People think we're a dog and pony show for them on the holidays. It's like, it's a holiday. Why aren't you performing for me? Right. And it's like, uh, because I'd rather not be here on a fucking holiday, but we're all required to work. And I also never... (laughs) I also never go out to eat except for on a holiday. So here's an 8% tip because I don't know what tipping is. Oh my God. One time, this
0: is, this is <laughs> one of the evil things I did at Buka. Uh, we, uh, Ricky and I were waiting on a party of like a, a 60 and they only left us a hundred dollar tip because I split the bill Oh yeah. and I wrote a hundred dollars on the other person's. <laughs> I was they left like, it blank. I know. I oh, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, we're not making fifty dollars. I didn't on know that this party happened, so. No, you did it. I'm telling you right <laughs> now. I'm coming
2: clean. I'm not by any means endorsing <coughs> that behavior. <clears throat> no, we'll, but, we can move forward. We don't need to deter. It. If you need a lasso at
0: any point, just do this. <laughs> no, but Kendra and I were actually we're gonna we're gonna do an episode about it. But Kendra and I were talking because I'm taking a break from the restaurant industry. Just. 'Cause it brings it lets me be a shithead. It brings out the kind of the worst in me. Like oh, yeah. it, I, I like I make excuses and you understand this too. I do. You it's... make excuses to be like, well, I'll go out and drink, or well, I'll I'll be a shithead or well, I'll
2: whatever. You know. Pete me, I do you do so much for people you feel like you deserve it. You deserve to kind of almost like be a dick to people.
0: You or know. you're like I You're tight like yeah. Well it's like we make two thirteen an hour you and to if it. I'm gonna run around, especially in right. a two story restaurant. Yeah. And you're not going to tip me. Yeah. Then you
2: can go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> were you there? We the- have so much to say about the industry. It's disgusting. No, yeah, yeah no. Like, that's a different episode. So, I mean, we can talk about that for hours and we can continue if you want.
0: Were you there holy. the other day that, uh, Neg and I did cocaine. We were the only two servers on and we got slammed.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. Fuckers. You, yes. I was were there. Were you there
0: the day that I scared him and he farted? <laughs> i farted no a name oh i'm like what i grabbed him by the uh, the, by the the, and i I, like jumped it and he was like sorry (laughs) i'm getting excited but uh i scared him and he farted so loud and i was crying i was like on the floor crying i was laughing so hard anyway point is no
2: i don't know if i was there that day but i was there the day that you pulled adam into a closet because you were so drunk and just made out with him i was not drunk and and
0: he <laughs> kissed
2: me. That's what I mean.
0: <laughs> I didn't make out with him. I was like, "What are you doing?"
2: Regardless, there was some making out happening. I didn't make out in that restaurant ever. <clears throat> we're not. We, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't either. Anyway, in this moment in time. Shut up.
0: Lois was raised really a Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Tell us, Lois. Lois tells everything. <clears throat> Um. Yeah. So I grew up in the LDS Church. we um, at Bountiful, right? Yes. I basically was. So I was born in a little town of Naperville, Illinois, which is just outside of Chicago. Oh, I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> That's where she went on her mission. <laughs>
2: know Naperville. <at> <laughs> High five for
0: that. Hi. Um, so, <laughs> is always getting denied. High five. Uh, <laughs> So you were born in Illinois. I had no
2: idea.
1: I wasn't gonna give her a high five for the mic.
2: That's why. That's why I I did not silence. No, you no you went no you went to go, but you just weren't looking. at her. You're saying,
0: mm. No, it's it's just no. We were talking right. about she's because she was like uh, her wife never high fives her because she thinks it's lame. Lois and um, Lois and uh, Peter over here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and we were talking about it last night and laughing. Names
2: ever. I know. know,
0: laughing our asses off about it because. Lois and I, when we worked together, would wait until we got it right. <laughs> like, we
2: couldn't leave. Until we it got, got it right. right. <laughs> it is important. You don't understand. High fives are saved for certain occasions. No, they're, they're reserved yeah. for any
0: time. Any, and but you got to get it a, right. It's a moment, though. It's <laughs> a... Mm. I feel like we've redone. We've, we've probably redone a high five, like, <laughs> seven times to get it right. <laughs>
2: because we're idiots. Anyways, born in Illinois and then you just came to the promised land. So, um, I was, I was very young. So that's why I basically grew up in Bountiful, Utah, Mm -hmm. which is a suburb of Salt Lake City. A lot of people don't know Bountiful. It's like literally right outside of Salt Lake, Salt Lake, or Salt Lake Bountiful. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, was raised LDS, um, my whole life, very LDS. And then you're like um, there's a huge age difference between you and your older siblings too, right? Um there's 4 years between my next oldest and then between that and the next. There's 4 of us total. Mm-hmm. Um 11 years between the oldest and I. Your sister and you. Yes. Yeah. And then in between, um they are about 3 years. Okay. So apart. So actually, I thought yeah. I thought it was a bigger difference. So mine and my sibling my brother my, that I'm closest to mm-hmm. were four years and that's the biggest gap between siblings if that makes sense mm-hmm. obviously the 11 years between the oldest and the youngest right you get what I mean by that but so you yes. are like in a sense the I'm the youngest. younger like yes.
0: but like the young like you're the baby
2: yes like definitely. everyone
0: considers you to be the baby the oh family, right? definitely yeah. I am the baby mm-hmm. I
2: am the youngest of four children um, and I am a girl which I also think makes a difference as well so. Mm-hmm. And the oldest is a girl. That's a funny dynamic. So you've got two women with men in between. But anyways. um, Yeah. And then I was raised very LDS. Um, I knew nothing but. um, Bountiful was a... bountiful's
0: LDS central even now.
2: I literally knew nothing but the Mormon church when I was young to the point where, like, you grow up in these neighborhoods where for how many miles wide are we talking? Um, Ten miles of nothing but Mormons. And Mm -hmm. you can, like trick or treat in these neighborhoods where literally you can say it's safe and they're just, mm-hmm. you know, they're on your roster. There was 300 people in my ward. I mean, like you just don't know any better. That's, yeah. That's all you know. And then, you know, um, I grow up and, you know, start being, you know, having your own thoughts, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but like we were Mormon, but my dad was kind of always a little Jack Mormon. He was kind of like the cool Mormon, well, wasn't like he the Bishop at some point. We're getting there. there. (laughs) We're getting there. So he was kind of like the Jack Mormon, you know? But he was like the cool dad. Me and my dad had a really good, I was, we had a great relationship growing up. Um, But there was always that also very healthy fear, father fear. I -hmm. shouldn't say great relationship. But as a child, young. You were daddy's girl. I was daddy's girl. Um, And then, um, yeah, so then about 12, so he's Jack Mormon in the sense like, uh, for Father's Day, which is always on a Sunday. So um, you're not supposed to do things on Sundays as Mormons, right. We would go like golfing and stuff. Mm. or you know, like we would go do fun things like, you know, I don't know. My dad was just like like not the
0: he, I feel like he's active too. like he he doesn't like to sit still, right?
2: Oh my God! My dad' addiction is working out, yeah, or activity of some sort. It goes from either golf like, to working out. Do you get to, your addiction from my right? dad? Ran runs marathon. Yeah, my di- my addictive personality and my addiction comes from my father and his side of the family. Okay, so well, and there is some of my mother's as well, but mm-hmm. my father's is the the deeper I would say um, side of the family. I think she'd agree. Mm. Um, So, yeah, so, like, uh, and my dad was also very open about, like, his past with me as a child. Like, I knew my dad, like, I thought it was cool that my dad, like, was, like, at the Woodstock era, and, like, he would tell, he told me, like, stories of doing acid and all these things, like, as a child, and, like, you know, but, you know. So, it wasn't, like, I don't know, there was not this fear of it, and it was just, like, my dad was the cool dad, but, like, whatever, like, he's good now, Mm because I was just a young kid, and, you know, he's Mormon now, whatever. Um... And then all of a sudden, um, I was 12, and they're changing the bishop. And my best friend at the time was like, I bet your dad's going to be the bishop. I bet your dad's going to be the bishop. And I look at her like, bitch, you crazy. Yeah. Like, my dad is the last person that someone's going to be the bishop of this ward. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the one that skips sacrament meeting because he thinks it's boring as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, he was that kind of Mormon. Right. You know? Next thing I know, my dad literally gets called to be the bishop. And my dad comes home in, like, tears. He didn't want to do it? Like, he had this, like, breakdown. Like, he didn't know what to do. He, like, I don't, he went through a whole process and prayed on it and whatever. And he chose to take the call. So my dad becomes a bishop. Um, and this is as I'm entering junior high, like, 13. Mm-hmm. And um, this is also when I'm already, like, being woke, per se. Yeah. Like, becoming your own person. Yeah, yeah, like the church was already like not adding up to me like you go and you listen but it's like ah oh, yeah, ah, you know, I was the one that I'm the one that questions things. Mm-hmm. I don't just blindly listen. Mm-hmm. I ask the questions. So like, you know, the older you get, the more questions you ask, they just don't line up. So I was already and then I watched a religion literally take a man away from his family. Mm-hmm. Um they, I, it, it just the one eighty was just. It was like a dog and pony show, literally. Like it was like he was putting on a performance. Like I would watch my dad like as the bishop. You it's know? a hussar. And um, but and I could see the like my dad is also very um, gosh, it's not. I should talk about myself, not other people. It's not my. Place. But anyway, no. But sometimes
0: I mean, we your back. In my your, opinion, my yeah.
2: dad is very um. What what's the word I'm looking for? Arrogant. Mm-hmm. Um. And but he also he's very personable. People really like being around my dad. Mm-hmm. He's personal, so he's arrogant. He. I can. I feel like both crowd.
0: your brothers are like that, especially the older yes.
2: one. We get it from my father. Yeah. Um. I'm a lot like my father. Mm-hmm. Nothing god bless us it. all i yeah. love, you. I love yeah. your family honestly um and i think that's kind of maybe where you know a lot of it hurt because it was like anyways we, like something in my mind like you're was getting like
0: abandoned too, kind of? oh yeah
2: so all of a sudden it went from my the church literally as a bishop you have to be available at any time mm-hmm. for anybody that needs an emergency. Spencer
0: was a bishop, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, her husband did was you,
2: a bishop. I, I don't know. First like, year of their
0: marriage, and it almost ruined them.
2: I was going to say, I don't know. Yeah, they were
1: like, how did you How did you like the calling? And I was like, I felt like a widow.
2: Literally. And then in the entire room was like, Ugh, that's like, awkward. Like, we're not <laughs> supposed to
1: talk about that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's, it's supposed to
0: be a blessing. Yeah, it was,
2: it, like, I didn't see my father, but then I'd show up to ch- church, and, you know, he was the bishop for two terms, they call terms 10 years um so my primitive years mm-hmm. so 12 to 22 f- basically right before i got married so like i was god i was like 20 i want to say when he stopped becoming the bishop 19 mm-hmm. maybe blurred years a lot of drugs yeah um yeah and so i would show up to church and people would be like oh my god i love your dad and like would tell me all these things and literally got to the point where i'm like i'm glad you know him right because I felt like I didn't even know my father anymore because I never saw him. Like, Mm -hmm. it just, the church took him, took away every ounce of his free time. Bitch. Yeah, I I made some (laughs) smart ass comment, like that to one of the members one day and they literally, their jaw just, I was like, yeah, as I was on my way to skip sacrament meeting because I had already on my own decided I was done with the church at I was in junior high, um, by like eighth grade, I think it was. Mm -hmm. So 14, 15, I get the age. Um, there's
1: a real stereotype about Bishop's daughter, pastor's daughter. Do you think that that ties in?
2: Oh, the second, like people got to know me and I would say who I was and my family, because also my brother was really cool growing up and like, that's something Bobby and I've talked about. We grew up with, like, the cool brother. Yeah, we had, like, you know? cool,
0: like, we, like, were ushered in. We were already ushered, and we were, we were already established by the time.
2: We can relate yeah. on that, mm-hmm. definitely. So I had that and a brother, and so, um, where were we going until I totally lost my train of thought? Uh,
0: Bishop's oh, daughter. Bishop's
2: Daughter. So, like, they would get to, like... Introduce me. Oh, you're Tony's sister. Oh, so you're the bishop's daughter. Well,
0: I've even done that to you.
2: And like, it's the oh. I, I've done that to you too. I'm like,
0: oh, you were the bishop's daughter. This bitch is
2: wild. Instant <laughs> label before I even became wild. Mm-hmm. Instant label. Instant.
1: Chicken or egg, then. I think right? having your, I don't know, having, especially a really cool dad, like it sounds like you had before he became a bishop taken away from you for those formative years like you mentioned Mm -hmm. and then having that stereotype like put upon you. Right. What was your like reaction to that? Like what was your natural instinct? Were you just going to fight it, fight the stereotype or were you just going to lean in?
2: Um, you know, I have a very kind of like anarchy fuck that's also where we bought. Yeah, like, yeah. Fuck, it, fuck, it, fuck it all. We're punk rock. Fuck it all. Like, I was a very much 90s alternative kid, so I kind of leaned into it. I guess you could say. I don't think by any means that I go out of my way. Mm-hmm, sure. Because I also valued, I was kind of a tease. <laughs> sorry, boys. <laughs> not sorry. I, you know. Sorry, not sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> but I, like, but the funny thing is I was the slut because I had kissed and had um, you were let slut- somebody go to second base.
0: You were a slut as part of the purity culture. Yes. culture slut.
2: That's what I mean. In the town of Bountiful that I mm-hmm. grew up, this is how Mormon it was. Yeah. That even in my junior high, I was kind of a, you know, known a, as an easy girl, girl yeah. because I had already made out and gone to second base. So it was like- I hate it here. And as soon as <laughs> like, and you know, the gossip at the lockers, like, that you teenagers think you can't hear, it gets heard. We hear it. Well, and you also, know? You And know. it sticks with you.
0: And you don't want to hear it about yourself, so why are you saying it about other people, teenagers? That's right. what you need to understand. I was talking to my nephew about empathy the other day. He didn't, yeah. I explained to him what empathy was. Yeah. And I was like, I'm glad he's learning about it at 8 and not at 18, because teenagers do not understand empathy. And they are scary. <laughs> I,
2: didn't I tell you how I had to teach my nephew um, how he... I was like I said something about my abs and he said something about he said anorexic Mm -hmm. or eating disorder he said made an eating disorder comment to me and I had to pull him aside and be like I'm trying
0: so hard to put on weight you don't understand and this one
2: was when I was um, 10 pounds heavier than Mm -hmm. yeah and I pulled him aside and I'm like look your words hurt Mm -hmm. and you need to understand that like words like that can have real effects on people Mm -hmm. so just next time you're in a situation like I tried to get through to him, and I don't know if it did. But
0: I think that's the I think that's what we're doing as a, a new generation is yeah. we're just letting people know, like, hey, I'm not mad at you. Yeah, like just so you know, this is what's happening. Yeah, I
2: didn't like. Yeah, I walked away. I had my moment. But he
0: also has his mother. It's this we're talking about the
2: Jehovah Witnesses, mm, right? And she's always commenting mm, on your goddamn
0: body, which I hate.
2: Yeah, and now she's um, struggling with some issues of her own too. So mental health, all that too.
0: Well, I mean, aren't yeah. we all? For fuck's sake, yeah. we. are you know, Ironically, twenty
2: twenty two
0: can just go back to where it came
2: from. All the women in my family are all struggling from gut issues right now in this year.
0: Okay. Well, I'm in your family too, bro. Yeah, literally, because I've, I've just been shitting water all day.
2: <laughs> back to um, what Kendra was asking. So we are labeled Bishop's daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a whole in itself. Did it you feel like?
0: Did you feel like you were fetishized
2: also? Oh, totally. Yeah, but like. When you're in those ages, though, where you're just hitting puberty and you're, you know, like. And no one's talking about sex or. And you're hot as hell. Yeah. And the boys are giving you attention. Mm-hmm. You kind of like it.
0: Yeah. But what's, and that, well, there's nothing wrong with that.
2: And that's just But it. in our culture,
0: we're child, there is something very wrong right. with that. Yeah.
2: So. It's all your fault. You yeah. Know, growing up in, you know, that time frame, the 90s, you know, definitely it was, it was, it was interesting. Like when I reflect back on it now and, you know crazy but yeah so and then um yeah my dad um stopped becoming the bishop um today we had a very rock relationship for many years um there was at one point i would use the h word even towards my father like I would say I hated him, but oh, I was like, "What is this?" He hell, I'm like, "Nick, uh, <laughs> I just, I am so far from having any feelings towards hate towards my father today. It's crazy. Like he our just, relationship didn't 180.
0: Right? There's no, he, there, he's just not an enlightened
1: person. Right? I think you know what happens is that as you sit with the things that hurt you, uh-huh. and you work through them, the progress of the relationship does go towards forgiveness, right? Especially if you're reciprocated with. Something that says, like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Or I'm trying. Yes.
2: Oh, a 180 happened.
1: Yeah. Like, our relationship changed.
2: Has and it,
0: since since I've been to their house, has this gotten better?
2: Um, I think so. Yeah. Um, There's definitely moments because it's just the personality in general, mm-hmm. which we can get into as far as mother, father, daughter issues, mm-hmm. in general, mental health, all of that. Well, we're
0: going to bounce around. You know, yeah. like,
2: with, you know, just inappropriate weight comments or inappropriate you know like yeah things of that nature still come up every now and then but as far as like if you would have asked me how many years ago even even eight years ago if that my father and i were be talking on the phone at least once a week Mm -hmm. i would have told you you were goddamn crazy
0: yeah but how how many years were we separated from you getting clean there like he had to
2: heal too right oh yeah that's what I mean, yeah. yeah. There, there was a lot of work done on both sides before mm-hmm. we got to this point. That's what I mean. Like, I had to do a lot of, like, cleaning on my side of the street and putting effort as well mm-hmm. into the relationship and moving past certain things and, and
0: also giving understanding
2: the- and empathizing for why he feels the way he feels as well. Mm-hmm. Like, well, you only call me for this, this, and this, so why would I call you and da 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 Like, we can go back and forth. Who's going to win? Like, do we want to make a checklist? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And yes, we can say that some issues are way worse than others. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Like, because since some traumatic things happened in that time frame. want to y- talk about a bishop, Like, you know, high school, bad relationships that led to, like, failed
0: pregnancies. Can we talk about that?
2: Pregnancies and, you s- know. Can we, can Oh, re- can gosh. We,
0: can we really talk about that? Because oh, I, think, yeah. I think it's important to have this conversation, especially since the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Um... um
2: if honestly, uh-huh. oh.
0: <laughs> uh, the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and also your dad was the bishop,
2: uh-huh.
0: and we live in this purity culture, but we're also living in a facade culture, mm-hmm. and you were thrown out into the cold to, pr- <laughs> protect, pr- to protect an image, and you want to just break down the story for us.
2: In a nutshell, I was in a relationship in high school that was toxic. You know, and um, I ended up getting pregnant and as young 17 year olds do, I ignored the fact that I was pregnant because it was just going to go away, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you probably I have a question.
1: Was this pregnancy due to assault in any way?
2: No, I was in the relationship. So I was in, well, that, I'm sorry. Um, I-, I got pregnant um, and the relationship definitely was not healthy. It was like, I tell my partner and their reaction basically was the same kind of like denial. Like let's pretend it, like it doesn't exist, you know? Um, cause you're young and dumb and full of cum apparently. And <laughs> then it, it literally oh, took God. me <laughs> going to the doctor. <laughs> uh, That's a Utah saying. <laughs> right. And like hearing the heartbeat and the realization hit me of ho oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. And, um, Thank, whatever God you believe in, for this woman, because she saw the fear in my eyes and the instant tears mm-hmm. of realization that it was real, um, and she gave me options mm-hmm. and she told me where I could go because it wasn't legal in Utah.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh. Okay. Um. So I couldn't do it in Utah. Mm-hmm. I had to leave the state. Where'd you go? Um. I went to Grand Junction, uh-huh. Colorado. Um. <clears throat> so, I get I get all the my options. You know, here's your options. Cause she, Are you she alone knew. at this
0: point? Or uh, did your at mom the doctor? Go
2: with you? I was alone at the doctor. Okay. I was alone. Um, I'm trying to remember, did my mom, was this the doctor visit that my mom scheduled for me because she. Because you were getting fat? No, I wasn't getting fat. She was like. I can't remember the bullshit excuse she made, but she's just like, something's off or something. She knew like, you were pregnant. I, she had that motherly sense. But she was also
0: in denial too because yeah. we're Mormons and the husband's the That's exactly and, what it was.
2: Yeah. I think that's why I ended up at the doctor is because my mom was worried about me. And I can't remember the reason she gave, but it was like, oh, you have a doctor's appointment and you're 17 years old and it's like, it's your yearly you know, pap.
0: You know what it is? You, she hadn't bought you tampons. Maybe. I bet that's what it was. I
2: don't know though. Because my mom, that was also something like you didn't talk. My, like grandma my mom call- was one of those people, too. You don't, we didn't talk about, like, I had to buy my own first deodorant and my oh, own first, like, that's bra. So, that's and, a like, bummer, dude. You know, my mom just was very, like, closed off. My
0: grandma calls pads and tampons
2: personals. Yeah. <laughs> it's a generational thing. I
0: well, I, she's like, please don't flush your personals. Because so I was in the bathroom one day. Yeah. And I was like, my what? <laughs> and she's like, your personals. And I open the door, and I go... My tampon? <laughs> 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 I'm like, we both have a vagina, Grandma. Let's act like it. That's Anyways, hilarious. back to you. <laughs> um, no,
2: um, she, so she... I go to the doctor and um, find out I'm pregnant. Um, panic. Cry. The doctor knows I don't want to be pregnant. Gives me my options, you know. Talks me through it. No decisions are made. None of that. Like, they know nothing other than that. Um and i leave i'm 17 but i still have HIPAA rights correct so i get home my mom's like how the doctor gone i'm like fine and she's like nosy is you know wants to know and i'm like fine like nothing like everything's great like have my pap we're good you know moms know yeah anyways so i think everything's fine and great and dandy no big deal i present these to my um, partner at the time and it was, okay, so we're going to do it. And the decision was made so quickly that I don't even know if I had time to fully process it, to be honest. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But before, I guess I skipped a big part. Before, um, <laughs> part of the abuse of part two is um, that also kind of skipped the decision too is I was worried I had done damage to this child because of like, ignoring the fact that I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I went through a... Um, He had this grand idea that why don't you just not eat, and then you old miscarriage. Let's try and see if you can miscarry. What's By his? not eating. Yeah. Um, why
0: don't he throw you down some stairs? That's what <laughs>
2: <laughs> Um, Like these were like suggestions and ideas, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, let's take as many mini things as possible, just anything like to have a miscarriage. What the fuck's a mini thing? Um, they were, speed. they were weight loss pills. self fun. Fed, fed. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. like weight loss pills you okay. can get over the counter and oh, stuff yeah. uh, like anything that would be bad for your body that like to make you miscarry basically mm-hmm. um, Did
0: you do a, like a coke douche too? That
2: no used to be a thing No, I've never heard of that
0: That's way old school Yeah, no, like I didn't
2: do anything too traumatic other than like I would like take a ton of aspirin no, like and, a
0: and coca-cola Yeah, yeah
2: no Sorry, I to No, oh, okay, yeah, no <laughs> I understand I, I,
0: I knew you understood <laughs> what I was saying because I was A like,
2: douche I, like, like a coca-cola douche <laughs> No, I've never heard that one and I wasn't, it, I wasn't going to put like a coat hanger up me and no one had ever suggested that. So thankfully, mm-hmm. because we know that happens. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, and needles also. Yep. Um, so like in the denial phase, there was this like, you know, while I'm denial, let's also just see if because I'm not pregnant, let's try and miscarry because right. you know, all the denial let's process. Just see what
0: well, and honestly, miscarriages, especially when you first get pregnant, like the first time you get pregnant, you usually miscarry. Yeah. So we're just, yeah. Fucking finger, crossing toes, shit like that. Yeah, so this
2: is all happening over a very kind of quick time. And then, like, I all of a sudden just get sick. Like, I start throwing up. Like, it just, Mm -hmm. I hit a certain stage, and that's when my mom made a doctor's appointment for me because something's just not right with you. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember I went to, like, stand up to help her with something, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa. Like, Mm -hmm. I was pregnant. (laughs) You know what I mean? Anyway, so I go to the doctor, hear the heartbeat, get the information. Um, Present it to my partner. Um, The decision to have the abortion is made, Um, plans are made, Um, we make a little road trip plan to go to Grand Junction, make up the lies to the family. While I am gone, during this time, my mother calls the doctor Mm -hmm. and gets my records. Mm -hmm. No.
0: That's happened to me before with my mom. My mom, I mean, and tax records too, it's bullshit. It's small town bullshit.
2: Oh, yeah. Bullshit. So, um, yeah, this is, I haven't thought about this in a long time. Anyways, that's I'm trying, ty- I'm trying to like this get This traumatic.
0: Steps. Get ready, girl. I just want to really
1: not skip <laughs> a step. Well, and you know, skip if, you notice, a
2: step. if you notice a trigger, address it later. Like, oh, yeah, you don't have to totally. I just don't want to skip a step. I keep like forgetting little things. It's like, oh yeah, and then that. <laughs> um, anyway, so, um, during that time that's happening in the foreground that I don't know about, mm-hmm. you know, a background, whatever you want to say. Um, my mom gets my record, so she finds out I'm pregnant, and so she, um, also then stalks my friend's house that I had made the Mm layup that I was staying at, and found out that I wasn't there. Uh Um, and they then were making plans for this baby, and in their mind, I just must be off with my boyfriend, like, trying to figure things out. Yeah. No, my daughter just found out she's pregnant they're getting away somewhere. Anyways. We're we're about to have a grandbaby and we're going to take care of it. Like they had already, like I could see it planned Mm -hmm. anyways. So I I I, For some some reason I thought the
0: parents were the ones who made you get the abortion for some reason.
2: No, it was, it was totally, it was like going to be done. No one was going to know, you know, our dirty little secret. Um, My partner at the time was very much could not handle even talking about it. It because was, he was
0: raising our culture where a woman's body is scary.
2: And it was like, His we have to erase to that yourself. this exists. You know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we just need to erase this, you know. And I was young and in love, and I don't even know if I knew how I felt, to be honest. Because, mm-hmm. you know, again, happening fast, young. Um, <clears throat> so, you go know, to Grand Junction, I have to... Um, <laughs> I didn't understand the process. And can I just say that it was not a fun one. No, had
0: abortions had aren't fun.
2: I had to do a night before, they're like, we're gonna just um, insert this into you so that you, um, in the morning you know, we can do our procedure. Uh-huh. You know, it helps, it just helps um, speed along the process. Right. Not explaining to me that it's gonna put me into contractions. Oh. I didn't, and I'm young, this is before internet. No yeah. phones, this yeah. is where literally we had to print out really Google Maps. And so like, Google. and it might have been where I was in my stage. I don't know, because oh. I was like at a certain. It was like.
0: It was like a. It was a later. I was
2: right at the end of first my trimester. first trimester, okay. right before that. So like at the safe legal mm-hmm. period. Anyways, so night before they do that, um, I go back to the shitty ass hotel room and I'm in fucking pain. Mm-hmm. Anyways, next morning. It's like a, you go in, you sit down and they morphine you up
1: mm-hmm.
2: and do it and you literally to the point you're just so drugged out, you don't really remember other than like these flash of, I don't know if you've ever had a procedure done on just morphine. I
0: fucking love morphine too, it's one of my um, favorites.
2: So like you remember things like, you know, and yeah. And then um, they put you in like this quick little recovery room and then you, we, after that we headed straight home. Um, as soon as we hit Provo, um, we did have one cell phone. That's right. We all of a sudden got service. But it was like old school cell phones because
0: you hit the city and that's yeah. the only place
2: that. Yeah. Yeah. And so like it's not like you had internet or anything like that. And no. you know, and, and it has like one of
0: those like antennas. You have yeah. Like literally. <laughs> um.
2: And it was because you know when you're a drug dealer, you need a cell phone. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyways, um, it was blowing up. So I get to a payphone because those existed back then, mm-hmm. and call my friend. I'm like, what's going on? And she just kind of became. My best friend at the time was a little bit tore. She didn't know what was going on either. Mm. I just said, hey, will you lie for me? I'm going to go out of town with my boyfriend. Yeah. Because no one knew. Mm -hmm. No one knew but me and him. So I thought. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know. All I know is your mom and dad know you weren't with me. I was like, awesome. Mm -hmm. Like, they called her looking for you. Sorry. Like, they know you weren't here. It's like, okay, cool. Well, remember you were going to pick me up and take me home. Can you still do that? Mm hmm And so she did luckily, anyways, drops me off. I walk in the door and I'm greeted with like hugs and we know it's okay. Like we know you're pregnant, it's okay.
0: Is that a good response or a bad response? What do we think?
2: Good
1: with the information they had. Parents are supposed to be there for their kids, but it sucks because they weren't the kind of parents That that you you could could speak to. to, Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: And so, did they find out in a shitty way? Yeah, they violated a lot of laws and your personal privacy.
2: Absolutely. They wanted
1: to be there for you in what they thought was your moment, but like poor decisions all along the way, and Mm. it was not what you wanted.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. No, it was, well, it was like a. But I wouldn't like. Mm. Yeah. No. Well, I mean,
0: the relationship's flawed from the get go because we're not talking to our mom and dad about. Well, and it's kind of like
2: information you don't necessarily want to get after the fact. Oh, uh, sure. But I'm also thinking. Timing was a little like. It, 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 so they had no idea what I where I had just come from. Okay. Like, I still mm-hmm. had the bandage on my arm for my IV mm-hmm. as I was walking in the door. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I it was know. 12 but, yeah. hours into my procedure.
0: Right.
2: Walked in the door, and I'm like. My reaction is just panic and fear uh-huh. because I didn't have an open relationship with my family. Right. We didn't talk about our failings. We, everything was swept under the rug.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know. And it was like, I'm not pregnant. I'm not pregnant. What do you mean? I'm not pregnant. I will show you right now. I'm bleeding because mm-hmm. you bleed afterwards. Yeah. You have a period. And all of a sudden it's like, what did you do? What did you do? Like, and I'm like, what do you mean? Well, and My, my
0: question, what, the question I'm asking is if I found out for any, any, anyway, I found out that my 17 year old daughter was pregnant. I would, I don't think I would greet her with, I mean, of course I'd greet her with, a, I wouldn't be like, ah, oh, baby. I'd be like, okay, you're pregnant. What do you want to do? If, if you want to keep it, I'm here for it. But you're 17 you have your whole fucking life ahead of you. What do you want to do?
2: Like, that's information we have
0: now. Yeah, that's information we. Yeah, yeah. Like,
2: it was like I was sitting on the couch, and it's like we know you're pregnant, uh-huh. and like we will help you through this, um, you know. And they like start talking plans with me, and I cut them off, uh-huh. and it was like, I'm not pregnant. I'm not pregnant. Uh-huh. Like, cause they're like wanting to start pl- talk plans about this baby that doesn't exist. Right. You know, it's like no, 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 no they knew. Like, I, I can't even remember how, if I had to actually say the words, but it was like, you didn't. And it was like, I had no choice. I had to just say what had just been done. Mm-hmm. And my dad just got stood up and walked out of the room. Mm-hmm. And I went downstairs into my bedroom and just bawled my eyes out. we was just so alone. Um, and then, like, all in this just moment of chaos um, and anger, um, my father... Father brings down the handbook from the Mormon church, because he's a bishop at the time. <laughs> Can we pause for a second? <laughs> and he ran downstairs to let me know. That, that still- guess what? It's going to be okay. You could still get in the celestial kingdom. And that was his response to me. And
0: it's like, how about on the here and now? You... Give me comfort in the fact that I'm okay.
2: And, and then informed me that just so you know, I'm not going to be able to look you in the eye for quite some time. It's going to take me some time. Woke <laughs> up the next day as if nothing happened.
0: God. And never talked about it again. Well,
2: not true. Then I was um, told that I was going to therapy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, with church therapy? Church therapy with the so that I could talk to someone because they knew that it had to be killing me. Cause they didn't talk to me about it. Cause mm-hmm. you know, it has, it to, has to kill you felt. No, yeah. you know? Um, so I, my daughter has to talk to someone, you know, this is going to kill her. So, um, they had me go talk to, um, cause my dad was the bishop. That's who you would normally talk to. Mm-hmm. And I think there was this like automatic looking back at it. And at the time I also felt it, um, image, like we've got to play kind of like presidential image cover up. Facade. Like, we got to make sure talk, nothing talk, doesn't get out. Yeah. Like, I'm the bishop. My daughter just had an abortion. And this is gossip city. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. All, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Cover up. We, we got to nip this in the bud. Yeah, we got we to gotta perform a cover up here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's how I felt, whether that was...
0: Everyone was worrying about everything but you. Yeah.
2: So, they did have me go talk to um, whoever's above the bishop. What were they called? State, State president. State president. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as a counselor not as so i'm not gonna go and do some i don't even go to church i'm not gonna go confess i'm not gonna go and sit and like
0: mm-hmm.
2: no yeah oh that's not what it is this is just therapy mm-hmm. To go talk to someone, we feel like, and we know you just probably need someone to talk to.
1: We know exactly what small town therapists sound like. So yeah.
2: I'm like, whatever. And it's at my church building that I can literally walk to, like the block around my house. Uh, go that- going to the church, first of all, on a day that's not
1: Sunday and not young women, or and no one's in the building, and someone's yeah. bishop, you're, yeah, like- you're like, that person's got shit going on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's not a secret. What are you doing at yeah. the church house at 3 p.m.? Why are you pulling
2: Thursday? up <laughs> at, at 7 30 at night on Tuesday evening? This isn't testimony evening. That's on Tuesdays and Thursdays (laughs) at four. This this isn't Relief Society. (laughs) Uh, That's on Wednesdays. (laughs) No, Wednesdays is Young Men, Young Women. No,
0: Wednesdays is Relief Society. Tuesdays, Young Men, Young Women. Well, and I guess, yes.
2: (laughs) You know,
1: they used to have primary on
2: a separate day, too. So, like, it doesn't It kind of depends on your stake in your ward, I've noticed. Does it? It does. I've learned.
0: Achievement Day Girls is Wednesday afternoon.
2: I had to teach her what a fireside was. She had never heard the term fireside. Well,
0: aren't you lucky?
2: And Peter. Like (laughs) she's heard the term fireside, like in normal culture, but is she didn't understand what a fireside was. In
1: Mormon culture. Yeah.
2: Like. Sounds cooler outside of Mormon.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. I'd rather go to one of Peter's firesides than
2: fucking a Peter like than one of Lois's. (laughs) One of of Lois's. Is it just because
0: um,
1: they're the spouse. Yeah, Peter Lois. Okay. <laughs> family That's guy. the only reason why. <laughs> it's she... because we act out. I'm like, tree. first of all, you're da- misgendering them I'm like they, da- they might da- not be okay
2: with that.
0: Da- <laughs>
1: that. She got it. I made sure. Okay. She got da- it. Da- right. Right. We made eyes.
2: She got it. <laughs> um uh yeah, so I talked to a guy, whatever, blah blah. But he bullshit. wasn't actually a counselor, so nope. he could tell like,
0: your parents everything. And
2: literally, like the night it happened as well. After I deal with my parents, I call you know my landline, the boyfriend who's at home, and like, hey, I just went through a bunch of shit. Do you want like, can I come hang out? Can I come be with you? And
0: he's like, no, we're done.
2: It was, no, it didn't break up with me, but it was, sure, come on over, but there was no, we're not going to, it was very much made clear that we are now never going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. It didn't exist. No one in my family will ever know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't get to talk about any of my feelings. No. It had just happened.
1: Well, even if you
2: could you label trust those feelings. Oh my gosh. Could
1: you trust the person you were sharing them with?
2: At the time I probably thought I could, but it I was very much in a relationship that was looking back on it, um toxic. Verb, it, it was toxic. It had some abuse, um, yeah, levels. Not necessarily physical abuse, but there was a lot of Was there physical that, abuse as well? No, no, there wasn't physical abuse. Um, but He was just a Mormon boy, being a Mormon boy? Is that what we're saying? Mental abuse to the point where, like, you start hitting yourself to make it stop. Mm. You know what I mean? Just make it stop. Just make it stop. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, it just was bad on all angles. I did things to provoke whatever. I obviously blame myself for things that I don't need to, but I like to try and keep my side of the street clean. I'm not perfect either. Right. You know, I did things as well, so whatever. But it was a bad relationship, and... That person did not know how to deal with it. And that was their way is that we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember distinctly saying something like, oh, it was like less than a week later. Oh, yeah, we kept the noise. Um, <laughs> saying like, we would know the sex of our baby this week. And it was like met with such anger that I would even bring that up. And so I learned at that time that, okay, we aren't kidding about this. Mm-hmm. Like, and Everyone's
0: just shutting you down. Yeah, shutting so we're down, not talking
2: about it. We're not. And I didn't and I just ignored it. And then I know it affected um, growing up in Bountiful, probably staying with the person longer than I should have because I know I felt very used goods and that if anyone ever found out, they would never love me.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Culture, um, yeah. Yep. 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 A cheap piece of gum.
2: Literally, like, because you're from such a small town. And then luckily, I moved out of that small town quickly and was exposed to enough alternative life around me that I got away and you know um, um, yeah it probably might have led to some of my drug abuse too I don't know if we want to where we want to go from there but yeah um,
1: well, I then moved
2: out at 19 okay. my dad stopped being the bishop um, yeah we don't I don't know where we want to go from there we well, can keep going it's a long ass story can, I'm 40 Damn. Yeah,
1: Um, so
0: you started
2: I ended up marrying this person
0: oh you married the guy that. Yes. so
2: this is the person I ended up marrying Um, how did you come to that how did
1: you come to that
2: so this relationship um, lasted for six years pre-marriage, seven years marriage Um,
0: I love how it takes one year of marriage and you're like bye (laughs)
2: um, it should have never happened and and I know we both know that looking back at it we were much better as best friends like Hmm. It was one of those like it was very toxic and then like it got good, I thought, mm-hmm. but then it got very toxic, very quickly again. There was a honeymoon phase. Yes, mm. that happened. I'm gonna
1: finally be the person in this relationship, and that I finally that got to be. and I finally
2: got what I'd been fighting so long for because I felt like. I was to blame for everything bad in the relationship. Mm -hmm. I blamed myself Mm -hmm. that when I finally. Well, it's your womb
0: that took the seed.
2: (laughs) When I finally (laughs) got this person, it was like, do I want them? Right.
0: You're like, what have I been chasing down? What have I been running down?
2: Well, you you start to realize the things you sacrificed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for the person, you know, going out with your friends, you know because you know, having your a, friends are single and, and you're still, gonna be yeah. a slut because they're single and you know, that kind of like mm-hmm. mind fuck games, you know what I mean? Like, So I gave up a lot anyways, it doesn't matter, we don't need to get into all that. But the point is, we ended up getting married, we went through a honeymoon phase, things were better, we, we had a great friendship. Um, but it was toxic, let's just say that. Um, and let's see, always was doing drugs from the age of like 15 on I should say.
0: where
2: did you start Um, and then like where did you go with the drugs so i started i shouldn't say always doing drugs from like 15 on i started experimenting just with like drinking and smoking weed and And taking pills your big brother is
0: uh he was a big player in
2: the drug um my my brother was uh large into cannabis um and yeah, and we, I'm not going to go into his... FBI, race. His scene. <laughs> um, he has his own...
1: I forgot about that.
2: <laughs> so, um, I'm going to let my brother tell his own story, right, but right. he's got a lengthy one himself. Um, my, my Of the four kids, let's put it this way, there's only one that is still Mormon, um, and it's the oldest. Um, but they're also a liberal Mormon. Which yeah. is, it's the dutiful daughter award, like literally.
0: It really is that, right? Yep, it is. I yeah. mean, her husband is gay, like is they, he? La- yeah, like they yeah. divorced, yeah. you know, That's, whatever, yeah. different story. But it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting how people can still stay in a culture that just rejects and rejects and rejects, you know. Um, but. You started just
2: drinking and smoking like high school yeah like yeah poppin' pills you know just you know i was just always a party girl loved to party when i partied i partied hard mm-hmm. um i didn't get serious into drugs i was a little later on um i was always discontent though like i never felt content in, in anything so we get married you know Everything just seems peaches as it should be. But like I said, I hit that wall of what the, yeah, Yeah. like, what was I, what did I, what was I chasing? Mm -hmm. And now I got it. Um, and I remember waking up one day, literally sitting on my front porch thinking, what's a drug I could do to, and not like, I was like going through drugs in my head that I could do and not be like, and like function Mm -hmm. so that I could get through life and enjoy it. Yeah. Like, what can I abuse? Like, I'm not going to be a meth head. I'm not going to be, you know, like in my mind, these are like the things like Mm -hmm. who has those thoughts? Like I obviously needed to escape. No one's
0: ever like, today I'm going to go be a meth head.
2: Right. But I literally sat there. I remember one day and I'm like, what's a, I was like literally trying to think of a drug I could do. And then I found pain pills. Um, and I always loved them.
0: Pain pills are fun. I mean, it's, they it's, are, it's, they're it's fun. A, it's whatever. a tricky
2: road. Yeah, they're a tricky road. And, um, I, you know, I had a, um, a milder addiction with, um, standard pain pills, but then I found Oxycontin and my world took a 180 turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and which I, is a huge market for it, right? Um, yeah, we're talking $50 a pill, 80 milligram pills. Like a lot of people don't understand when they think, Oh, you used to do Oxycontin. They think of like a 10 milligram Percocet, mm-hmm. like, which is called oxycodone. Mm-hmm. Am I saying am I saying it backwards? I probably am. I'm getting old, guys. Get old. Um, <laughs> great. So they give it to literally cancer patients. It's 80 milligrams. You have to, like, take the... It has a coating on it so that it lasts you for 24 hours. But instead, you take the coating off, and you crush it, and uh-huh. you snort the whole thing up your nose at once. Oh, uh, okay. So it gives you a high identical to heroin. Okay. Uh, I've
0: taken one before, and I... Got so I was like I never want to do this again. It was too much. Yeah,
2: like if let's put it this way: if you've never, you don't start out with one up your nose. Like oh no, know. I just took it like I, just I suggested mean. it. Yeah, like or even. they're
0: called Roxy's? Right.
2: Those are different. Uh, well, why? What's the <laughs> I difference? have a whole encyclopedia on oh, pills. So that's a rapid release Oxycontin pill, and they usually, Oxycodone, and they usually only go up to maybe a 20 milligram at at most, maybe 25.
0: Well, that was too much for me, guys.
2: (laughs) And it's a different, it's a little different.
0: So Oxycontin is like eight times that
2: amount. So 80 milligrams. Oh, shut up. Eight zero.
0: How the hell did you handle that? You're like, so, first of all, I'm three times your size. called a dick
2: addiction oh uh, so it started out like so um you know um there's little tools that you grind it up and mm. you start with like a fourth and then a half and then a whole and then you're doing 12 a day 12 at $55 a pop shit
1: bitch. money girl well that's where really the downward spiral started <laughs> this was twenty two thousand seven, 2007 huh right before the market crash <laughs> <laughs>
2: You were so smart as I am, buddy. And I lied, cheat, stole any way I could and did horrible things that people, I would never in a million things, I would do. Well,
1: that's,
0: again, addiction.
2: Yeah, you know, to my family, you know, um, the amount of money I stole and checks bad checks I wrote. And, you know, um, I, anyways, did some horrible things. And it all came to a head one day. Um... And I um, got a phone call from a member of my family saying, look, um, all these checks are coming out. I can't lie for you anymore because when the bad checks that I had stolen would clear, I would make up excuses for, oh, I just, we're, we need to pay our gas. We're struggling. Because mm-hmm. I was conveniently unemployed at the time. So, yeah. you know, I had excuses. And I, this person was very sweet and didn't want to see, you know, it's like, okay, you know. Care it, yeah. yeah, This is the last straw. Um, we need to talk to your husband about this. Like, what's going on? Like, this is affecting me. Mm-hmm. This is, like, things are not okay. And then I get home. I'm greeted to my husband. Um, we don't even get to talk about it for, like, not even an hour almost. And I am then greeted at the front door by... Um, a police officer from, I lived in Farmington at the time. Farmington is, um,
0: it's it's a a podunk.
2: It's how far is Farmington from Park City, Utah?
0: Like 45 minutes.
2: Okay. This was a Park City, Utah police officer at my doorstep for a traffic warrant. Oh, okay. And tell me that wasn't coincidental. Uh Tell me someone didn't call that in. Yeah,
0: someone called it in.
2: Anyways, they don't show someone up at your house. To, someone
0: was trying
2: to save your life. at literally the time, like it was, yeah. we don't need to, whatever. We all, we all know. But anyways, <laughs> so I'm literally, he's like, come with me. You're being arrested. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm being arrested. Over, it was a no insurance ticket. Mm-hmm. Literally. And this is after everything just hit the fan with my husband because I had been lying about my addiction to him. Mm-hmm. We both had an addiction. Um, but my addiction got worse than his and he claimed that he could make it through work, you know, on a suboxone or something and I couldn't. And so I would go get my shit and I would lie about how much shit I would get Mm -hmm. and give them like you know one and i would take like nine um because my addiction and i have a hard time looking back on it now thinking really i have a hard time thinking you went through the day like you said you did whatever cuz a lot of lies have come out on both sides like but anyways, you guys are both lying to each other you guys are both yes like addicts, yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> but i at the time was definitely in the wrong for my behavior um i am being arrested on a traffic warrant mm-hmm. and from literally thinking okay i'm going to be like released tonight right like this is a traffic warrant mm-hmm. i am up 10 days in jail with a habit at this time too i had then also picked up i was having a hard time getting my oxy so i started my friends like oh i can get you some heroin mm-hmm. it's 10 bucks and i was like yeah but it's heroin like right. there was that stigma i can do an 80 milligram 12 80 milligrams of cotton up my nose but Heroine. heroin you yeah. know such a stigma That's and
1: what like. a true stigma. We should not be starting. Yeah, no, it. no, <laughs> no. No one should be doing heroin. Either
2: of these drugs. No, don't be doing the this don't is,
0: don't be doing these pills either, for God's sake.
2: I should. Lois no. should not be alive today.
0: No, those hair. This is how heroin addiction starts. Is yeah, these pills. no. Um, so don't be doing either
2: either of them, guys. And the story just gets uglier. So, um, anyways, I end up doing ten days um, in a Wasatch County um, jail kicking off of a 12 pill a day habit and at that time I was doing probably smoking because at that I wasn't injecting yet um smoking six bags a day as well shit and I don't know if you ever witnessed anyone kicking off heroin but heard, I don't wish it upon my worst enemy I've heard a lot of stories um I had to put washcloths down my underwear to walk to the judge's chambers for my sentencing because otherwise I would have shat, shit myself for the walk because I couldn't hold in my oh shit my because you get so violently ill it's like the flu Absolutely. times yeah. you know um you think you're gonna die literally and I thought I was um but I don't know if I would have got clean in fact I know I wouldn't have got clean yeah it got me clean yeah. it was I it was the worst best thing that because you're happening.
0: like I never want to kick again Right. Literally,
2: right. I don't ever want to go through it again. It it scares the living shit out of you. Mm-hmm. But it also <laughs> can be dangerous because if you get hooked again, you're very scared to quit because you, you know, know what yeah. it feels like, mm-hmm. and that gets a lot of addicts as well. Yeah. Anyways, um, so I'm very very lucky that I made it out. In that regard, I did relapse with mm-hmm. the needle and you know um, went down that path. Um, but luckily, I, I was able to get clean um, with some help of methadone, which, um, can be a stigma as well, but I got clean and that was great. Um, I now have how many years? 10? 11? We just had 11 years clean? 10. Um, Good job, guys. well, I did, um, I don't know anyone else's story, but yeah, I just, anyways, um, but I, so that I kick in, in jail, I get home, um, during, while I was in jail, no one would take my phone calls. Not a single person in my family. I understand they just got a lot of information at once. Like, you just found out and your you have, wife had been stealing. And, and you're kind of
0: screwing them all over, too. Yeah, like, like I, you're stealing her role Yeah, away. like,
2: literally, all the family I'm in jail are like finding out a dirty little secret of just throw the mail in the spare bedroom because <laughs> if you can't see it, it doesn't exist. Right. And I need money to not feel like I'm going to die. Right. Like, I needed this, I was so addicted, like, I would be in full body sweats shaking cannot function unless mm-hmm. it was in my body. Right. Like it was the first and only thing you did mm-hmm. until that was done. And that was your life. Right. And there becomes a point where it just, you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's such a cliche saying, but it's, it, it's so true. Um, I was greeted home to, um, my, um, no one would take my calls in, in the jail, which I get, whatever. Um, I got actually transferred to Davis County for a few days because I had another traffic warrant. You learn that in the jail system, too. If you have traffic warrants, other places, they don't release you. They just transfer you. They just
1: want you for them. Yeah, Yeah. for
2: their money. So, yeah, when you think you're going home, nope, they're just transferring you somewhere else. So I spent another three days in Davis County. So I finally get home, and I'm greeted to my sister who lives in another state that I literally... We we really didn't have much of a relationship at this of the time. Age
0: gap, Yeah, yeah.
2: and we um, we have, a, we have a, a, a good relationship today, but then we we didn't really have much of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was already shocking. Um, so it's like, hey, sis, like, you know, you didn't know anything about me mm-hmm. as far as this goes, because it was like That's you right. don't talk about these things. Yeah, right. You know, right. you show up at the family events and they don't know that and we you're, always
0: put on our smile. Like
2: literally, like. The pictures I have shown to her when I was in full-blown even, she's like, you look like the most Mormon girl Mm -hmm. in this photo. Mm -hmm. It's like, you you do what you gotta do. Yeah. I knew how to do it. I did it well. Yeah. Anyways, um, I was greeted home. She takes me home. My husband gets home and literally is like, I told your sister to pick you up and... My sister tells me, we can't go home um, yet be- until your husband gets home. You're not welcome in your house anymore.
1: By the guy that's lying to you anyway? Yes.
2: So I had okay. to wait for them to get off work before I was allowed in my house after just getting out of jail and kicking and going through the worst you're hell like, of my I need life. a shower. Literally. And I then spent two hours with my sister, which was awkward as you know what, as fuck, because... <laughs> everything was just out in the open now you know like not only did they not know i was doing drugs they didn't know i was a smoker Mm -hmm. like all these things that you hide because you're a mormon you know from your family it's just so sad anyways um they get home i'm like what you locked me out of the house like my sister's standing outside and i'm having this conversation he's like no i just didn't want your sister in my house like you wouldn't let me in my own house because you didn't want my sister because you just, like, it was just like this. It was weird. Yeah, it was just so, like, you're fucking kidding me. Mm-hmm. Like, he was he
0: a was high, right?
2: Probably. Yeah. You know, anyways, point is, we then get, I'm then told that I either go to rehab or I live on the street. That no one in my family is going to help me. So you either live on the street or you go to rehab. So oh, yeah, intervention pretty
0: much.
2: Um, yeah, pretty much. But it was just like over the phone. Like my brothers, like all my brothers and sisters. My, my, my mom and dad, I, this is a big part I forgot to leave out, I guess. This point they're now older and they were on a mission, a humanitarian mission. Mm. They always wanted to go on a mission. Okay. So they were out of the country when this was going on.
0: Were they on a humanitarian mission or a Mormon Humanita-
2: mission? Um, the same thing. There's yeah. Mormon humanitarian missions for elder Mormons so well, yeah i know
0: that it's, it's, i didn't know it was called a humanitarian mission though
2: um they were it was well it was in the humanitarian like department or whatever like they were over all the humanitarian budget and got to decide over eastern europe basically where the church's money went to humanitarian aid oh, cool. and then they went and oversaw the projects as well oh, like cool. so they got to see all these third world countries and see the church actually do good work with their money mm-hmm. so Some good things in the church. Whatever. Anyways. So they're out of the country. So my brothers and sisters get together and my brother calls me and tells me, you know, a whole rehab or whatever. So it's like, you guys realize like I'm clean now, like I don't need rehab, but whatever. You know, like I don't care.
1: Great, gonna go back with some freshly detoxifying people. Let's say that again. You're gonna go. You were
2: detoxified, all right? right. And you're gonna go, In my mind, yes. yeah. I'm like, I don't need rehab. Like, and then you're gonna
0: go into rehab with all these people who are kicking. <laughs> yes, well, no. yes,
2: yes. well, that's the funny thing is, well, this rehab actually required that you were 10 days clean. Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, they do. They do make you do detox. They, they
2: make you go to It detox. depends, yeah. This, this was, was this detox and rehab are, um, different, thing, yeah. are different things. Um, am I allowed to say where I went or will I be breaking anonymity laws? It doesn't just matter. Like, you
1: Maybe. don't just, just we'll edit it out. Here. Well, um, as long as we do. don't
2: talk about who I was with, I think sure. it's fine. Yeah. I, I am actually um, an alumni of the Haven. Oh, anyway. I'm very proud of that, actually. Um, yeah. Saved my life. Best yeah. counselors, best, they have the approach of, you're here or you're not, you either want to get clean or you don't, mm-hmm. and you, the house is ran by the fellow addicts. Is addicts. Um, I worked for the old, he started his own rehab, okay. and I worked for him later down the road, mm-hmm. so anyways
0: yeah <laughs> the different time different place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it's just the
2: fun like anyway, i know i was like the I, veil is lifting so much me
0: spending i just i just have these memories of me just hanging out at a rehab house with you yeah
2: <laughs> that was,
1: and while you're at work
2: because <laughs> i did go work as an administrative assistant yeah. for the ex um ceo of the haven okay. director excuse yeah. me not ceo big difference I'm totally different people anyways i went to the haven Um, so I was like, okay, cool, I'll go to rehab, fine, but I don't need it. You guys are wasting your money. Um, I thought, you know, um, saved my life. Oh my gosh, it literally, you wake up and are taught life skills, you're taught, it's therapy, it's, you know, um... You work with doctors from the University of Utah. Um, you do aftercare. You do 12-step program every day, every single you gotta go to, like, day. you got
0: to go several classes. It's kind of like going to a mental You order.
2: wake up from, uh, you have to be up and downstairs for morning walk by 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then you have chores. And group starts at what, like 8 or 9? Mm-hmm. Like literally your day is filled. And it's literally like group, everyone goes outside, smokes two cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Back in, group. Out, but it's very therapeutic because it's all ran by the group.
0: Did you do twenty-eight days?
2: Um, No, it's actually a ninety-day program. Oh, cool. Um, But it can be as little as thirty. It depends because you can also be kicked out. Yeah. Mm. So it's because it's ran like staff is only there during like the eight to five hours. And then
0: survivor, like you guys, can vote people off the island.
2: Basically. you really can literally that's what was but next. it has to you be, be a vote <laughs> and staff can overrule your vote we learned that's a new one anyways so which i get because sometimes like
0: sometimes you're just being bitches yeah exactly yeah
2: um and then there's also cardinal rules that get you kicked out just automatically any kind of aggression any kind of like anger any kind of like you're not supposed to sleep break anonymity any kind of yeah. sex that kind of thing i get a name all seven probably um anyways after 30 days you can like leave and see people you like gain more privileges anyways it was badass like you become a family um if somebody's not running their program and participating in group um and you feel like they're not you call them out yeah Yeah, or if you were having a bad day and need to talk about something you had like um i can't remember what they called them a key holder is what they were called and um you go to them and say, I need to have a meeting and like literally it's called a group and like a group can be called at any time because someone has an issue that they need to talk about. Mm-hmm. And you hold group and you sit and you listen to them talk about their failings and then you all basically give your input and in how you feel and how you can relate. You do not have to, mm-hmm. but if that's where the kicking out comes. If like there's people that so if just, you're just like Not like, and, and and they, you know, yeah, anyways, we don't need to go into the dynamics between it all, but like the counselors know what they're doing as far as also giving you the right kind of projects to work on as well. Like you go through your issues and you make a timeline Mm -hmm. and you go through like, and you, and you work on them and, and then you, after you graduate. So basically, I feel like
0: how old were you this time? I was 29. I feel like this is the first time in your life or 29 years in where, Someone had your back, literally, where someone had to listen to what you had to say. Literally,
1: where your
0: trauma mattered. Where it wasn't just let's just shove it under the rug. Yeah. I can't imagine twenty nine years and you're surrounded by this beautiful Mormon family,
2: but you're on an island. Yeah. Well, and the sad thing is, I, I, I've, who knows? I might have been able to reach out to these people, but I know they felt the same way. Like it was. my family just had that weird dynamic where Mm -hmm. it's like we didn't share feelings like Mm -hmm. I remember one day like standing next to my like my brother and his wife at the time and like we were saying goodbye and like she's like give each other a hug and we just kind of look at each other like okay like and and then we did and it was like it's just like my family didn't do that and, we we're awkward like that in my family too. Yeah, and I don't know if it's a Mormon culture thing or what, but um, because I became a hugger through my step family mm-hmm. or not step family, my um, in law family mm-hmm. were very big Warm, mm-hmm. welcoming. I had a, an amazing in-law family. That was the hardest thing about the divorce was losing oh all my. Well, I shouldn't say the hardest. That's not fair. There were many. That's hard the hearts. thing you miss. That's the only thing you miss, right? It's one thing I miss um, is you know those people in my life, and I have a lot of regrets because there's a lot of things that are still need to be dealt with, and so we don't need to go down that path right now. But <laughs> the point is, um, I was at rehab. Um, I meet somebody very special there. We, you know. Um, start you start breaking the rules immediately <laughs> uh, you know what ironically we weren't breaking the rules
0: you just were digging on each other
2: yeah we didn't break the rules and all of a sudden like I don't it was kind of a, a, a tricky weird thing I did get kicked out yes because <laughs> this person <laughs> they graduate we only spent a small amount of time together in the house they graduated mm-hmm. And they were in. Tra- for after you graduate, you have the, You can live in transitional housing, mm-hmm. and it's like three hundred fifty bucks a month, and you live there and you do aftercare and like it's a great way to transition back. Yeah. into Whatever. Um. You, one of the rules is you can't relationships with any alumni, transition, anything. Mm-hmm. So then at that point, just even us, we now had established we had liked each other. Mm-hmm. At this point, it had been like. I was at, like, 78 days. Mm-hmm. Um, so, th- technically, that's breaking the rules, yes. Yeah. Um, and then, all of a sudden, I'm, like, in a group, and, like, staff's there, and they're, like, doing out these, like, exaggerated lies, and I was, like, you know when you just feel like you're not going to win? Yeah. And then, all of a sudden, like, team rehab, these people, like, are, like, you can You're tell they're wanting the rules, to be bro. the star. Yeah. Like, and I was just like, whatever. I'm like, yes, it's true. Like, we like each other and that is against the rules. So mm-hmm. I understand that means I'm out of here. I'm out of here. That's what it means. Okay, huh. cool. Like, I don't need to sit here and listen to yeah.
0: like how you all feel about control. it.
2: See you later. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, because anyways, it was like I said, there's a little bit of controversy behind it. Whatever. I did break a rule. That's all that matters. Yeah. So. I leave it. Luckily, I was there long enough that I had already done so much work and was like literally within two weeks of graduating. Right. So I, I was happy with my experience that I don't feel like the relationship came in between me and my therapy. Well, yeah. and you're
0: still not relationship, and you're still clean.
2: Yeah. So, so yeah, that's the the best part about it because it can either make or break you either. Yin or yang when it comes to addicts. So, luckily, yeah. yeah. Anywho, um, yeah, so um, when I say, I should mention to this, at the time my husband tells me he wants a divorce. Before I go into rehab, he says to me, I want a divorce. Mm-hmm. We may remarry one, down the road one day, but no matter what, I don't care. I want a divorce.
0: You're like, me? I never want to get married. This I'm is before.
1: taking myself off the table, and you
2: might be able to. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. And you're like, you think Bye. You're like, <laughs> these are quotes, like, I mean, at least how I remember them, maybe, I don't know. Anyways, and I felt they were very justified. It's like, you know what? Cool. It's, it's what's best. Yep, it is, you know. Like, I'm not gonna argue with it. It's not that it wasn't sad still, you know, like, whatever. Um, but there was also this, like, I'm still gonna, I thought, be there for me. In some sense. Was like, he ever there for you, though? No. So that's just... So there was no big surprise. And mm-hmm. I was okay with it, in theory. So it just was like... True colors came out. Like, after 30 days, you can have contact. You can write letters. You can do all these things. You can make phone calls. My first phone call that I made to him was... So you can make phone calls, you make contacts. I don't know if I screwed up the audio. Anyways, I called <laughs> just the person. Keep going. Yeah. And, um, it was them releasing all their pent up anger mm-hmm. on me, and it was not a good phone call. Right. Um, and so I felt it very clear, like okay. And I was begged for the divorce again, begged. The only thing and I was like, what can I do? I understand, like I've been through the ther- some, lots of therapy over the last thirty days. Like, just it, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Give me a divorce.
0: And you, did you say okay?
2: I said yes, okay. absolutely. I'm with you. I okay. want it too. Okay. You know? yeah. So we're separated, right? Mm-hmm. So I, anyways, so um, at the time we're just dating, whatever, mm-hmm. and nothing had happened that would break a marital in my opinion. So right. we can have our opinions on that. But yeah, we end up, I leave... I don't give a
0: shit about your husband. He's yeah. been the villain of this whole story, <laughs> <laughs> and that's
2: I like. I don't want to like tell someone else a story, so whatever. Yeah, right, but you know, because we all have our issues, and I'm sure you know yeah, his you issues. Were, you, run, you run deep. I, I hear you. Yeah, also,
0: totally. Fuck, fuck that guy.
2: Okay. And you know what? And I and you know I fucked his family, and I feel so bad about you what? it. What?
0: You fucked his whole family. You I fucked, fucked his dad. over his family.
2: <laughs> yeah, Wasn't and so I feel really bad and. Um, yeah, I have a lot of guilt and remorse over some of that stuff that, um, that I still to this day would like to mend some bridges with, you know, mm-hmm. um, when I can. Do you think,
0: you think that that'll can... ever happen or is it just bygones, bygones?
2: I don't know. I don't know because I have to really truly look at who it's going to hurt or help at this point.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. what everything is for you. Yeah. Like
2: 10 years later, is it healthy? Is it going to be helpful for me going to this woman and saying, and I'm sorry?
1: And are you doing it more
0: for you or for her? You know? Yeah. Like, it's up good. Odin's just rearranging. Oh, thanks, buddy. I like your butt on my butt.
2: Or this person. Or, you know, all these other, like, just... I, the list goes on, you know, that you want to, like, apologize for everything you did. But at the same time, who am I... Who is it for? Who's mm-hmm. the apology yeah, for? Yeah, exactly. Who's it so, for? Uh, and, you know... Stop serving. I do believe that they deserve an apology of some sort, though. Mm-hmm. Because of the way... How toxic and how quickly things escalated and the rehab and everything and then the divorce. I mean, I get out of rehab in like October. I'm divorced by January,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and um, dating my current partner at the time. We continue dating and we get engaged a couple years later and we've been basically married ever since. Yeah. Yeah um but yeah so that's kind of a a quick wrap up of that but yeah we can kind of elaborate on anything we want to well
0: you are in a lesbian relationship
2: yes that's the other thing (laughs) that took a lot of people by surprise i was married to a man um didn't even know i knew because i always found women attractive but as far as like it was never sexuality was definitely something that was never talked about in my home or explored, and I think it was also a generational thing too—not Mor- just a Mormon thing, too. yeah. Mormon thing. Um, and so and an area thing because depending on where, if I grew up in Sugarhouse versus Bountiful, it would have been different. Right. Anyways, um, what do you mean by that? Um,
0: just culturally, Sugarhouse uh, is more open.
2: I feel like uh, the surroundings of nothing but Mormons. So you literally know. And are only getting the judgment of that. That's so Yeah. Yes. In the area I was in. And I Sugar was in, House is... And Sugar House, I guess I shouldn't act like people just know where these places are. Mm-hmm. Sugar House is downtown Salt Lake suburb where it is more diverse, blue, um, not all one religion. So, like, your neighbor could be Catholic and your other neighbor could be Jehovah's Witness and your other neighbor could be an atheist. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a melting pot. Yeah. So, you get a definitely different upbringing. Yeah. I'm sorry, but you do. Yeah. I've traded war stories mm-hmm. and we both can jaw on the floor at each other's like, mm-hmm. wow, like, you know, the night and day differences of these areas, that are these just little suburbs away from each other, yeah. of Utah, you know, that are just like these Mormon, like almost like cultisms, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so like sexuality, all that was never even thought of. And, um, I fell in love with the person I met mm-hmm. Not the gender, not you know any of that. Well,
0: Kendra so. and I were talking about it on the way down because um, Buka was my debut in the big city, and um, I knew that you were married to a woman, and I don't, I didn't care about that. Mm-hmm. And then when I found out or later that you were married to a guy first, I was like, well, how the fuck does that work? <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, I could not. No one, no one understands. I it. could not
0: wrap my brain around, and you were so good at being like. It's a person. Th- it's a person-to-person thing. Like you were the one who first introduced
2: fluid the fluidity
0: to me. Oh, that makes me happy,
2: actually. It makes me happy. So many people were confused because I was
0: confused too. I was like, I don't know.
2: <laughs> like you well, know, I don't think
1: people are confused necessarily, but like the stereotype of like oh you were gay the whole time or oh like you are not hurt by a man so now you're gonna go gay mm-hmm. or it was
2: either I hated men who hurt you mm-hmm. yeah or the most disgusting that I used to get a lot was oh you're with a woman and you used to be with men so you could have a boyfriend too yeah like it was a sexualized thing yeah,
0: yeah. well what is isn't?
2: Because it was, you know, until I really understood, it was just like, what do I call myself? Okay, I'm bisexual, you know? Because oh, people, sure. like, you know, so at first... We like just, the
0: label. Yeah. yeah.
2: I'm bisexual, and so I would get from, like, the gross guys wanting to hit on you. It's like, oh, so you're with a woman, and you can be with men, too. It's mm-hmm. like, no, I'm so monogamous. Yeah. You, you know what a relationship is? Yeah. Like, yeah. anyways. So they sexualize it. It's either men Kendra's hate
0: rejoicing. you. Kendra's rejoicing. You can't
2: see it, but Kendra is rejoicing. Yeah, like, <laughs> literally. It's like... She's going to... I even had like I ran into like a high school friend saw me and this isn't you Lois Like are you sure like what's going on with you? And I was like, what do you mean? You want to talk? Give me a call like they were texting me I think it was remember I like I was like I got hit up by an old homie like Mm -hmm. a good high school friend that was also happened to be friends with my ex Mm -hmm. Not so much anymore. They had lost touch as well, but um I would say, actually, we were probably closer homies than they were, ironically. But they were and, also
0: super Mormon, too, right?
2: Um, they were raised, raised. in so Mormon, yeah. because yeah, shit. Graduate from Wood's Cross High School, which is another suburb of Bountiful. Mm-hmm. S- it's the same, you know. But luckily, my crew of, like, <laughs> I graduated from Wood's Cross, hi! Um, um, there was, like, a whole subculture of, like, the druggies that luckily, like, you know, were a little more woke. You know, mm-hmm. that I I actually left Bountiful High School to go to Woods Cross High School so that I could be around people that were more open. Oh, cool. Um, because it was, Bountiful High School is so rich, Mormon, and that's it, mm-hmm. that it's.
0: A bad experience. Oh, like I can't even put about it into words. Geography,
1: right? Woods Cross is closer to the freeway, so there is going to be a lot more diversity. Because right. It's more it was like people
2: housing well and that's the funny thing Woods cross had a very divided line in high school it was you were either really rich or really poor
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there was
2: no in between because mm-hmm. it was like the side of the freeway and then like there was all this the nice, new development yeah. that Wood's cross is basically north salt lake and west mm-hmm. like
0: and Wood's what, cross is like half nice houses half not
2: yeah and the people there were the friends i had like the new friends i had made and they all went there so i transferred and ended up graduating there but um so i was privileged in in that way that i got to escape um a lot of the culture there but yeah he hit me up and was like what's going on like they people didn't know how to handle that i would be with a woman they didn't get it like because it was just so like where did this come from it's like Mm -hmm. so that like i was a very unique thing and explain even to my family and even like a recent conversation with my sister. It was like, she got open with me and asked me questions I'm like, you can ask me whatever you want because we didn't have a relationship for years, you know, right. and yeah. we, we've kind of gotten one. The older I get, the more you, you kind of empathize and relate and you know, you want the relationships that you didn't think you wanted and things right. of that nature. And you put up with things a little more and all the things we grow. Um, And she was asking me all the questions and she's like, I didn't really even understand it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and the sad thing is, it's like, why didn't you just ask? Why did it take so long?
0: Because you guys don't, your family doesn't communicate. Literally.
2: And the, my sister, one reason why we are as close as we are now is because she has, um, the Mormon of the family, ironically, has accepted my partner Mm -hmm. into the family more than anybody.
0: Oh, let's talk about that. Has it been hard for them to accept your partner? Have they been rude about it or are they Um,
2: cool? So they were really cool at first. (laughs) Like, um, you stole that from me. (laughs) I need that back. Um, It was like, but it was a, this is a phase. They kept Mm -hmm. thinking like, she just has a pound the right boy. They, uh, my dad looked at it like she needs um, female um, companionship Mm -hmm. to get her through All these hard times Mm -hmm. and this is being provided by you know this partnership and then you know we get engaged and we're still together and it's like hey look like no this is you know um, my 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 dad is definitely I think over the last what even just five years has made two three years dramatic like has kind of realized and has always, like I said, my dad always has had this little edge to him. Hence mm-hmm. the confusion of the bishopry, you know,
1: right.
2: and you know, surprising, well, not surprising. My mom was raised so LDS from birth in a small town of Vernal, Utah, mm-hmm. which is similar. Yes. <laughs> extremely. Yeah. <laughs> so, and like her, her dirty little secrets are stealing apples from the neighbor's tree. Yeah. And I'm not kidding. Yeah. You met my, like, that she, like, she's very,
0: she's very naive, even, even to this day.
2: That she has a hard time with the thought that I might not, like, go to where, to the celestial kingdom, or you know what I mean? Like, that, that I'm breaking sins or whatever, you know, living in sin. Like, I know she deeply loves my partner, Mm -hmm. and she's nice to my partner, but I can see her physically get uncomfortable. It's like at arm's length yeah definitely because
0: she's worried about your eternal like salvation. when
2: she first met my partner and thought we were just friends didn't mm-hmm. quite understand hugged or embraced her different attitude mm-hmm. but also there's been a lot of age with my mom as well where she's had a lot of issues mm-hmm. with her own mental mm-hmm. um, and now there's a there's there's a distance
0: can I tell you something well when I was at her house with this woman behind... Oh, sorry. Is as having a rendezvous with this woman behind her spouse's back? Because I'll kill a bitch. Like, I felt like she was being a little protective of your spouse. Good. Oh, which you I, know, I love. To see, you love yeah, to see it, you know? You know right?
2: <laughs> like, I mean, I, I think... I can't speak for my partner, but I know she truly believes that because of their Mormonism, they'll never truly accept. I believe that. Um i said that i flat out my sister and was asking if we were gonna actually get married or if mm-hmm. we were just gonna stay like this and i'm like well, we have there's reasons behind yes and no government reasons but also mm-hmm. government reasons yeah there's pros and cons yeah and i also made the comment of i don't know if i'm quite ready to um accept the possibility of the very real possibility that my mother and father will decline my wedding. Like, you know, sorry. You know what I mean? Like, they that's the they're rejections. not going to come. Yeah. You know? And I, I've i come to terms with that, and that's something I've needed to come to terms with over the years, and I'm at a place where I'm okay with that. And my sister, Vian disagrees with me. She's like, they'll come, they'll
0: come, they'll come. She's like,
2: no, everyone, like, and since then, ironically, has been like, putting in even more effort Mm -hmm. like to make. And since day one has been the one that has like taken in with open arms her and her relationship, um, you know, includes her in, we do a family calendar every year as you can see hung up that she makes. She's in the top. That's her family. Um, puts, um, her in the calendar every year. Um, like just the little things that matter Mm -hmm. that being part of where, I can't speak for her, like I said, but she's told me. I know with a lot of her relationships, this is a a very common thing with mm-hmm. that she's experienced. She's not accepted by the family. Right. They don't want their daughters dating right. this woman. You know, that's, whatever this rough girl. Uh, you know, a girl in general, whatever. You know, many reasons. You can go down the list. You you know, know, I love
0: you, bitch. You know, <laughs> not all of
2: them, but a lot of them. She, she's. It's not something she's unfamiliar with and knew what she was getting into, especially with the Mormon family. Yeah. Um, but has said that she's been, has felt probably more welcome, right? Over the years with my family than she has felt with others. So That's it's sick. taken a long time, but um, the, it, it comes in waves, you know? Your
0: like, brothers aren't weird about it, are they? Are they... Um, uh, I, my one
2: brother. <laughs> the older one I'm guessing is a weirder about it. No, my, my one. older one is so like, disassociated with the family issue, <laughs> yeah. we, we, there's a family joke that my brother could end up being a serial killer and none of us would be surprised uh-huh. because like we feel like we know nothing about my brother <laughs> <laughs> not because he's a serial killer um tendencies is Not a
1: truck driver or anything no
2: <laughs> like the brother um the older brother yeah, yeah. um yeah, uh no, DEA ta- brother? Uh no. no let no. brother. <laughs> that's just, it's just because he lives such his own secret life. You know what I mean? That it's like oh, he could have this big secret and would be like no surprise. That's like, how that's how Jake is. Like yeah. when you're like,
0: What are you doing? He's like, Don't worry about it.
2: Yeah. Like, I'm
1: imagining how I can murder you. I'm taking that out. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> <Yeah. honestly.
1: laughs>
0: He's very vocal about how he can murder yeah. us, Kendra. You don't need to take it out. <laughs>
2: Um, uh, my, my other brother's been um, on and off like good at times and then at other times very um, this is the, the sibling I'm closest with uh-huh. so um, probably the most protective of me I'd say so I think there's times their protection kicks in you know like yeah, sure. my little sister you know what's yeah. going on here um, and also um, he married a Jehovah's Witness mm-hmm.
0: and she's so, Filipino too right Which I uh, Cuban. oh Cuban that so um, is a
2: different element. Yeah, very much so. So um, there's a lot of um, conflicting things, but she has also been very kind and welcoming, as far as we know. But as families do, you hear things from other members of the family members that are supposedly said, and you're like, what? But I thought, but they what? That
0: could also just be bullshit too.
2: Exactly. So there's like the you know, not quite sure, but there's been some up and downs, but I think overall um yeah, I'm getting a nod that yeah.
0: Yeah, we're getting yeah, a nod. We're good.
2: We're good. But it, it, yeah, it's, it's it's been there's been moments, for sure.
0: Has it been hard for you navigating queer culture?
2: Yes, because Do
0: you feel like you don't have a place? Yes. Okay.
2: Um, It's not it's kind of like the I don't feel like I went through the struggle that they went through. Right. Not that, like, my struggle isn't real. Um, it's just different.
0: Mine calm. Mm-hmm. And
2: so, therefore, at first I had a hard time. Like, I felt like I didn't deserve to label myself that. Because I felt like it was an earned thing. Because it's such a...
0: Because people have had to
2: yes, fight, fight for fight And for, yeah. I, you know, growing up, know how far we've come.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And
2: so at first it was like, I can't call myself gay because I didn't go through all this, you know? I mean, I went through my own struggles. Obviously I was in a horrible relationship. I was unhappy. I, you know, was, you know, all the things. Um, so at first I, I went through that and luckily my partner has taught me that I'm, just absolutely ridiculous and overthinking it, and I'm silly and I belong. You're an
0: overthinker.
2: I am an overthinker. No, <laughs> yeah. I suffer from some serious health issues. Yeah, well, let's
0: talk about your anxiety.
2: I feel like my anxiety needs some. Anyways, um has the anonymity helped? In this de- episode, yeah. you're doing great, by the way. It has, but I feel like
0: you're just talking to one of your homies, right? You're talking to friends.
2: <clears throat> yeah, but um, do you want my opinion on the anonymity here or after the Let's talk? do it right now. Um, I feel like if you had half a brain, you could piece all this together, I and thought, the anonymity wouldn't matter. I'm I'm making notes on how to. Oh well, there you go. Then awesome. Then I love it. Yeah, she's Because I keep That's being it. like, okay, well, yeah, there goes all that anonymity. Because yeah, if know. you know we're... this, you know that, and it's like, oh well, there goes that. You know, so also don't.
0: I think this is this actually is gonna play into your anxiety because this actually helped me with my anxiety where I thought everyone knew everything about me
2: right no one knows everything right. about right well and that's the thing so uh, back to the Roe v Wade so I was it was you couldn't talk about it mm-hmm. so I get to the Haven mm-hmm. and they have you do a timeline and I do a timeline and for the first time I get to say, 12 years later I get to say out loud that I had an abortion
1: hmm
2: I literally haven't spoken those words anybody my Mm -hmm. best friend anyone other than my husband who like i said it wasn't spoken yeah so um that alone was very freeing to say the least was Um, there other
0: was there other women in there who'd also had
2: abortions um at the time, I don't know, but they, I, it was a very open group as mm-hmm. far as, like, understanding. I think so, actually. Yes. Actually, all, there was. We there was, there someone was. who's had yes. an abortion at yes. this point. You know? That's, everybody could, um, like I said, when you go into groups and, so you present your timeline, mm-hmm. and then after you present your timeline, which is kind of like a quick key moments into where you, what got you to where you are now. Yeah. And then the group, this, you do this in your first week the group decides what your core three issues are based off of your timeline, what they think. Wow. It. Yeah. Well, I would and, be good at that job. <laughs> and then you work Here's on those. problems, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that can sometimes be a little, really, that's what, and but you want the...
0: The fresh eyes. It's like fresh eyes in a restaurant. You're like, that's sturdy, That, you know, mm-hmm. the shit you didn't see because
2: you've been sitting there. Absolutely. And then every Monday, you go over all your groups with staff so they have final approval. So okay. it's not like un... <laughs> like untrained people, like right, guiding right, you, right, either right. you know what I mean, and they like go and just see if they agree that those mm-hmm. are the issues, and so they might be like, "Hey, why?" So why did you? They'll literally be like, "Why did you guys decide to do the issues?" Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, yeah, so I gotta work on my issues there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first time I gotta actually talk about it, and ever since, um, it's a very freeing feeling that I can say it out loud. But I still never just, like, picked up the phone and been like, hey, bro, hey, sis, hey. Like, I've never had that conversation with anyone in my family. Mm-hmm. So. Do you want to? Um, I'm not against it, per se. Um, I, Do
0: you think it would help them gain some understanding?
2: Um, it makes me wonder who might already know. Because my mother and father know, obviously, because mm-hmm. they found out illegally. Um, and I know that my mother needed to talk about it. She really struggled
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I know she told her sister. Okay. And I only know that because I'm not an idiot. Right. So, um, who knows is the point, right? They could know and know that they're not supposed to know and you know, like yeah. my family's good at that, like keeping the secrets. If needed, so it might be like a, but I don't know. I the at least my sister would have a hard time with her not being like, hey, we should talk about this because, like I said, the liberal Mormon, very liberal, very blue, very um, women's rights, very you know, my body, my choice, very. But then, I'm talking about. Served a mission. I'm not
0: talking about active
2: LDS. mm -hmm. Like, how does that do mm -hmm. this?
0: Kelly, I'm not talking about these broad strokes of what a woman is. Well, right. I'm talking about who you are. And I feel like because of the way your family, you were raised, your family was raised, and you were on the tail end and all this shit, and your dad was blah, 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 blah. Your family may not understand the road. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, my mom, literally, the second I became a drug addict, her, um, um it was... Well, it was because she had an abortion. That was how she had to handle it. Mm-hmm. She instantly labeled. That, That's why it was. I did drugs.
1: I mean, it's part of it in right? her head. Um, I feel like it, that, probably that generation of moms
2: also. But I don't <laughs> like. Shit up. Yeah, it, I think I think it was her way of of, of coping with yes, everything. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It was her way of this. My daughter doing drugs and my daughter having an abortion. there be a reason. Yes. Because these are, in her mind, the most horrific things you can possibly and do. And the
0: blame as well.
2: Yeah, she's not and, taking accountability. You know, mm-hmm. like and t- like so unfathomable. And then it's not spoken about. Mm-hmm. You know, other than you know, we found out you can, you can be redeemed. It is, it is a forgivable sin, just so you know. So you can go to the celestial kingdom.
0: Can I ask you a question? <laughs> Another question. Um, I, 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 I'm not going to ask you if I can ask you a question. I'm asking you. Uh, <laughs> Do you think, cause you, when we started this, you described your dad as, like, this cool guy. Um, I never saw him like that. I never knew he was like that. Yeah. Do you think, had he not been called to be the bishop, your abortion story would have been miles different? Yes, I do. Well, yes, I do. Do you think you would have been in that abusive relationship to begin with?
2: Probably not. And I, and I don't, I hate pressing blame, but I definitely have daddy issues. That was one of my core issues that, like, was the number one issue they pulled out of my timeline was daddy issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know what, you know, those lead to. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I hate playing a victim.
0: You're not a victim. You know what I mean? We're like, just, we're just doing positive. Right. Right and, here.
2: like,
1: whataboutism doesn't really help anything, mm-hmm. if, unless it's, like, future people considering becoming a bishop and saying... Yes. Yes. Yeah, like, so exactly. absolutely. Like, are, like, I abandoned. absolutely.
2: I feel as if it changed because he was no longer there for me and he, I know he doesn't even realize how much it hurt me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and how abandoned I felt like I wrote him a letter one day in the height of my addiction. Um, basically, um, telling him how horrible he is and how I never felt loved by him and thinking this was the most perfect, wonderful thing I should do. Like, mm-hmm. cause I've that's what that. you do. I've
0: done that to my, I wasn't I yeah. um, I wasn't on drugs when I sent my dad that same letter. Yeah.
2: And, and it was the worst mistake. Like, you don't do that. Like,
0: I mean, but you're, you're a child.
2: Yeah. I was out reaching out.
0: At reaching out in a stupid way.
2: It, it was a stupid but way. a
0: parent should be like, okay, here's a cry for help. Yeah. What's
2: going on? Instead, the reaction was, so I'm just an asshole. Like, of, of of everything I wrote, the only thing you gathered was, so I'm just an asshole.
0: Instead of, oh, my child's hurting. Yeah.
2: Like, yeah. it was, I've never felt good enough. I've never felt truly loved. Like, yeah. literally, it wasn't after my divorce that I, my dad would even say, I love you on the phone. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, just not his whatever. Anyway. My
0: dad's getting a look I make
2: him now. Like, every time I hang up the phone, I'm like, I love you. <laughs> and now he says it back, so.
0: What, what is that about? It's such toxic masculinity where it's like, can't tell the people that I spawned that I love them. That would be gay.
2: <laughs> well, and I don't even know if it's a gay thing or and no, all that, or if it's yeah. like a, um, I, I honestly think it stems clear back from, obviously, his childhood. And he yeah, grew up with a father, military father, mm-hmm. that was a it's toxic, shooter. It's
0: toxic masculinity, dude.
2: And mom stayed home um, a very... My grandma was, um, very schizophrenic, um, Mm -hmm. had a total mental breakdown, um, and it's basically what killed her. Mm. Um, so that runs in my family. Love. Yeah. Um, so he grew up with a very sick mother Mm -hmm. and a war father. Um, so yeah. Anyways, he's got his own issues too. So yeah, I think it kind of all stems from a lot of that.
0: Do you feel you've had anxiety your whole life?
2: Oh yeah. I feel like, um... I just didn't know what it was i never have felt content like i was always that kid that like had never-ending energy like i would always be dancing or singing or doing things and it would be like hey we'll give you a candy bar if you cannot talk for an hour like on the car ride home mm-hmm. and stuff like
0: like everyone was always shutting I, down yeah like i always, always too had much
2: i've been told i've been too much my whole life like yeah and but i didn't recognize it when i was young um, my brother was diagnosed with, um, ADD as a child and they tried to put him on, wanted to put him on Ritalin. My mom was against it and all that. But with me, they didn't look at it like that. They looked at it more of just like I roller skated and I danced and I don't know. They just was, I don't know why it was never even considered because looking t- we back talk about on, this on it the, now, we talk
0: about this on the podcast, um, so girls aren't. And it, maybe ooh. I
2: wasn't, and then maybe I wasn't. I don't know. I might have just been a hyperactive child. Because I'm am. not a psychiatrist, you know. Um, well, but, I am. Well, <laughs> You've been all diagnosed. <laughs> yeah. <so> I diagnosed you <laughs> right away. I was like, oh, yeah, like um, um, everyone in. that's around me is like. But I go through periods of my life where it, yeah. yeah, of yeah. the ADHD, and that's why um, sometimes I'm like, well, I don't want to just diagnose myself because wouldn't this have never gone away or anyways um but i think the reason why it went away at times is just different coping mechanisms that were under control at the time and then they get out of control and you know you fall into the highs and lows of it um and i think they present themselves differently the older you get too Mm -hmm. you know like um well your chemistry is
0: changing in your body exactly yeah
2: Yeah, like little things that i didn't even know like fall under that spectrum you Mm -hmm. know like the obsessive need like Besides my, o- I have really bad OCD, really bad anxiety. I have such bad anxiety attacks that they turn into panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Like, I will get in my head so deep that I'll be on the freeway bawling mm-hmm. and we'll have to call my partner and have her, she'll be like, pull over, pull mm-hmm, over, pull mm-hmm. over. Like, and it's like, "Where? how did you get here? And it's, and I can't even tell you how I got there. That. No, yeah, that's a spiral. And that's like still going on right now. Like yeah. I'm, my mental health is obviously not in a great spot right now. Um, okay, like uh-huh. friends, babe. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, and my also my health isn't in a good spot because when those and then those and two things, play, mm, yeah. And then they mix. Um, I'm I'm severely underweight. I've been having issues, you know, gaining weight. Um, so I've been dealing with a lot of the diet culture with that, where people look at you, they see you overly hyper in-your-face aggressive because mm-hmm. it's like, you're so much. And you're like, oh, she's messed out. Yeah. Um, and then I have other cosmetic issues mm-hmm. that um, are traits. Mm-hmm. You know, the skinny face. You know, when you start losing weight, you just start looking, yeah. you know, exactly. like a tweaker. Um, and... I shouldn't be, but you know, I was never a tweaker. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I'm uh, it's junkie, do you? Um, so that's language. I'm sorry. No, but the funny thing is, it's like we call it junkie pride junkie because pride. like you have to get it right. Yeah. it's misgendered. No, for real shit, it is. It is. It is. Because it's so they're so different. They're highs, so different, and they're right, so yeah. like. Don't call me no method like no offense I love all my methods out there. Um, obviously I was no better being a junkie No, but there's, they're I, just I would, different
0: I would rather deal, deal with a junkie than a fucking tweaker yeah. any day of the week and
2: obviously I was a junkie for a reason if you see how high strung I am that normalized yeah. me for mm-hmm. years without even realizing it well yeah. we
0: were talking earlier because of your drug use now that you you clearly need to be on anxiety meds but it's so difficult because you have this uh, past that they won't prescribe you anything
2: yeah so like I have a lot of doctors that don't want to prescribe me certain anxiety medications because they can be abused Um, and unfortunately my anxiety is so severe they're the only medications that work for me so I also have to like check myself Mm -hmm. before I wreck myself yeah luckily I do have a doctor that right now um, has prescribed me those medications um, But I have a partner that checks in and makes sure that I'm not abusing them or Mm -hmm. taking them recreationally, which Mm -hmm. I don't. Like, they are literally my anyways. Yeah, no,
0: I know. I mean. uh...
2: But I also, like you were saying, I have wanted to switch doctors, but I've been fearful because there are doctors. and I have lots of friends that have had their medication taken away because Mm -hmm. of they opened up with their doctor about their past. And because of that, they're punished and they're not properly medicated. You know, and even right now, my doctor just keeps saying, like, keeps wanting to throw all these medications to try because they're not working right. Like, I was on Lexapro for God six years straight to the point where it just wasn't working. Yeah, and it's like I'm taking a medication for no reason. Yeah, and, and that's
0: so frustrating too because you're like, I'm trying.
2: Yeah, and so I just kept getting be given mood stabilizers, mood mm-hmm. stabilizers, and every mood stabilizer was making me feel. I was using the word manic, which I don't think was the right word to be using with my psychiatrist. Describe your personality.
0: Describe yeah. what was
2: going on. Um, internal e- energy, like mm-hmm. just feeling like you drank. Yeah, like That's manic. manic. Mm-hmm. Just feeling like you're going to burst at the seams. Mm-hmm. Like, like
0: your skin's going to explode. Literally. With light through light, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, mm-hmm. um, and they call it on the TV one day. They were talking about a mood stabilizer. And so it was like, it won't cause internal something. They had like the actual scientific word for them, like mm-hmm. That's what it's called. That's what I need to describe it as. Mm -hmm. Because I think by using the word manic, she's stuck on bipolar, which Mm -hmm. maybe I am. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm on a move
0: stabilizer, and I love it.
2: Right. So I've tried four, and they've all done that to me. Mm -hmm. To the point where I'm, like, I'm already manic, like, physically Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. You're going to have me take a, like, no. Right. So... I need to do she's she's like I want to go down the a, um the bipolar path first before we rush to put you on a stimulant for ADD. Okay. She's like we th- I think you're one or the other, but let's go this route first. Respect, whatever. But how long do we need to go down this route? And I don't want to play test on me. I already have other right, medical issues. And it's issues. goddamn
0: expensive to go to the goddamn doctor. And
2: it's also I don't know about anyone else. I'm highly sensitive to like mental medications like it takes me a few days of feeling like a crazy person, mm-hmm. like balancing out my head mm-hmm. before I feel normal. Like so, it's like okay, I'll take them this weekend, and then if anyone here that suffers from depression or anything else, the weekend comes and you haven't done it, and then next thing you know, it's been a month and I haven't even tried out this medication yet. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, my doctor's appointment is tomorrow, and she wants to know how I feel about this med. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well, let's postpone this another month, you know? And you know, so then I finally try it, but it's that. I even have the fear, the pre-fear, like my anxiety has gotten so like, you know, because I've had such bad results. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, um, I'm not unmedicated, but I'm not medicated enough. Like I definitely need more medication than I'm being prescribed and I need to be properly, you know?
0: I think you're also in a situation, um, where you're not appreciated. I think that's, you know, I mean, we're just talking about your whole entire family situation where you were absolutely underappreciated, and now you're in this fucking job toxic work environment where I want to stab everyone. <laughs> um, do you think the toxic work environment's gonna kill die off with these older folks or what? God,
2: I hope so. Um, it's hard for me to talk on it because of the fact that I'm in a small business where, like. I am there's not very many young kids there mm-hmm. it's all older so I work with all the I'm you know dealing with mm-hmm. the toxicity of it all and being coming into a place where it's all males with one other female that's been there since the dawn of time mm-hmm. that then like rallies around that I don't know why women pine against like pit against each other you know what I mean like well, where are older that, generations that's what I mean yeah we,
0: I actually have a fit theory on this you want to hear my theory I think the reason why women were pitted against each other is because back in the day, men were being shifty and flirting with all the women and they didn't want the it's wives, true. they didn't want the wives to talk. It's true. So they're just like, ah, oh, she's jealous of you. Just don't talk
2: to her. She's a bitch. Well, and I've even seen that in the corporate world because yeah. I used to be a corporate bitch. I, yeah. I did like, my work history is very broad from, you know, 12 years of executive administrative assistant work to corporate meeting planning, mm-hmm. to general managing restaurants, yeah. to bartending, to, you know, yeah. to, um. Where I am now where I'm just, uh, you know, a basic administrative assistant. But um, um, I'm in a, an environment where it's like, okay, don't talk. Be quiet, you know. And it, it, it's kind of toxic in the way that you feel like you can't express yourself in any way. And
0: <sighs> I feel like they, too, they, like, get you going. And then you when you're starting, they're like, stop.
2: It's like a, they can all have conversations and have fun and then, like, I'll kind of go to talk in and like I think I'm too much maybe because it's like I don't talk for so long that it's like I'm excited and I talk and I think I can come on a little Why strong. Why do you think you're
0: too much? You're just um, enough,
2: babe. <laughs> she's been told all her life, her
0: whole entire life, she's too much. We're gonna try to break it.
1: It's the internal, <laughs> it's the internal voice. Well, and and as much yeah. as the confident helps, like saying like you're fine, it's this insecurity inside yeah. you that's yeah. like deeply rooted. But I when mean, it's gotten worse, for I know sure. I can tell it's gotten worse. Yeah, That's so. why
0: I've been reminding you in the past twenty four hours that you are loved by a badass right yeah. here. This badass <laughs> well, bitch I loves that, you. I know that. And I, I know, like... I know, and I know that it's hard every day yeah. to go to a place where you're not appreciated. And
2: and it's it, but it, it's it's so like ah, uh, it's like a mind fuck because it's like you're appreciated, but then like. But then you're like cut at the feet, you know, the trunk or whatever the expression is. Cut off at the knees. Yeah. Um, Where it's like we can't make you feel good enough, you know, like you're good. We got to keep you down. Yeah, exactly. We got to keep you at a certain level. It's, it's, and everything's very passive aggressive. Everything's very, you know, it just, I don't even kind of put into words Mm -hmm. the toxicity of it all. Because it's like one moment you feel like you're friends with your boss. Mm -hmm. And you can open up, and you've shared mental health stories. You've shared, you know, because they suffer as well.
0: Trauma And then
2: the next second, they're using them against you. Yeah. And so I'm real. being told, what's going on with you today? Is it because of this? This was mm-hmm. two days ago. What's going on with you today? You're, you're, you're coming in hot. What's going on?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I need you to reel it back. Uh, I, I didn't know I was, I, I have so a lot going on nice. at home, yeah. um, I'm so I didn't realize what was going on, I'll, I'll, I'll chill it back. Yeah. I will. Okay, because, like, you've been really good this week, and today something's different, so...
0: Well, when we went to your work yesterday, and she came right up to me, she's like, "I've heard so much about you," and it's like, "I heard a lot about you, <laughs> bitch." <laughs> uh,
2: you know, and and like I said, my um, anxiety is hard for some people to deal with if they don't.
0: Well, I mean, look, I've come into Buka in the morning and put headphones on because you're too much for me in the morning. Because I, I, I'm a bitch
2: in the morning too. Um, my wife and I get in fights in the morning because she's not a morning person and I am, you know, and we have to, I have to dial it back and she has to, you know, or
0: you can just be your fucking self and I can put my headphones on and be an annoyed, annoyed bitch. (laughs) That's, that's my problem. It's not yours. Right.
1: Um, I don't even remember the last question you asked. You have a lot of life that you've lived. Mm -hmm. So what kind of like life forward are you looking forward to and looking back do you have any advice for people that might be going through the same things that you went through
2: oh I have lots of advice um when you're young live it up because I didn't I got stuck in a relationship and the first love relationship where it is it's proven that your first love like hits you differently Mm -hmm. Um, you can be maybe not in high school when I hit you. I was talking about my first love trip
0: last night.
2: And, <laughs> um, you know, it, it just knowing that just because it's your first love doesn't mean it's your only love.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, I, I gave up my high school experience. You know, I gave up a lot for this relationship because I wanted it so badly because mm-hmm. I felt it so like, it was so important to me at the time, you know, because it was toxic, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so, recognizing those signs, you know, um, knowing that high school is definitely not the end all start all of life Mm -hmm. because you feel like it is, Mm -hmm. you feel like such an adult and you feel like everything ends and starts there, like, um, at least in some of these small communities. So I mean, definitely live it up, Mm -hmm. you know, recognize that, you know, some first love, first relationships work, but I just know for me personally, I let a lot of stigma make me think, you know, I also lost my virginity, you know, things of that nature, you know, that made me feel so taboo in the Mormon culture mm-hmm. that it made me feel like I had to stick with a person and I let them walk all over me because of it, mm-hmm. all over me. You know, they dated other people when we were on break, but I sat around and waited at home,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: things like that. And that's just disgusting. Like when I tell people, they're like, why? Are you an idiot? It's like, no, I was sick.
0: Well, I, and I was young. I was young. Well, and we're in a purity culture where the yeah. girls are held to the standard. Yeah. Like, the girls are supposed to keep you pure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so, like, it was okay that he was off getting his dick sucked and mm-hmm. doing all these things by multiple women. But God forbid I even, like, go out with girls that are single because there might be single guys there. Yeah. You know? It's like... But I allowed it to happen, too. Do you hear me justifying? I love it.
0: No, I... I every Everything you've said, you've also brought the... Blame back on you. I don't think we need to put place blame on anything necessarily. We're just discussing, but you don't need to take accountability for someone, your fucking boyfriend cheating on you.
2: Right. You don't need to
0: take accountability
2: for that Yeah, no. Um, But like, so live it up when you're young. It feels like everything, but it's not. um, Your body, your choice, as far as any kind of like, definitely um, stand up for yourself and know your worth and know how hot you are Mm -hmm. like i would give anything Mm -hmm. to be that hot 17 18 year old and how down i was on myself Mm -hmm. not feeling good enough you know it's just sad and you know i hope kids today i feel like kids today are a little bit more Mm -hmm. maybe a little too much but i know (laughs) it was a big issue for me and it felt like ah you know like cherish those moments they they come and grow so quickly um you know you one day you're in your forties and you look back and you're like damn life went by so fast and you know there's decades even that it's like i feel like i like i really should have yeah. like um i wish i would have started seeing a therapist sooner mm-hmm. earlier that's something i recommend to people you know yeah. definitely talking to someone your emotions are valid they're real and they stand with you you know um and a little petty things as you know, someone teasing you for being pale. Like, I was teased because I had pale legs because I wasn't, t- I couldn't tan well. <laughs> and, like, I was called a white thunder. and Or white lightning. White <laughs> lightning. And it stuck with me for so long, I wouldn't wear shorts mm-hmm. until, like, my mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Same, dude. And we laugh, but mm-hmm.
0: it's like... But, like, it, it affected you. Yeah, yeah it, so it was in there.
2: Go to therapy, it's real. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay. And, you know, those are some... Minor things. Don't do drugs. It's not worth it. Don't do the bad drugs. Um, we are high right. we are high on marijuana right now. Um, <laughs> I have found with my anxiety that um, you know they wanted to give me a lot of very powerful drugs mm-hmm. for my anxiety that I didn't necessarily want to be a walking zombie. Right. So I have found that like marijuana has helped me definitely. Mm-hmm. It saved my life with yeah, anxiety same. and with depression. Same. Um. You know. It's it's. You know, it, it, it can also make you not want to do things too. Right. So you have to be careful. Yeah. You know, yeah. but if you know how to treat it right, it's a lifesaver. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a I'm a big advocate, and I'm not ashamed of that. Um, that's even something my I told my Mormon father,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which is a big step. Mm-hmm. That I would have never admitted something like that to my father. That I actively smoke mm-hmm. weed, like because you know those are secrets. Those you know. Are secrets
0: it's legal in we've state, grown though, though well, it's but legal, that's you know?
2: that's the growth we've made so you I know. went to a store <laughs> yeah you can buy it so um and yeah looking for towards the future i just you know i'm look how cute she is over there <laughs> she's sound <laughs> asleep sitting straight up and i love it <laughs> um i'm hopeful that That's hard. The future's hard because I think we've, I know I've had a really hard year. I think it's been a
0: bad year for everyone. Yeah.
2: And I just want to see the future healthy. Like someone asked me a question the other day, if you could be healthy or rich, which would you choose?
0: Rich. Because rich, you can buy health.
2: But think of someone like, someone was in the news the other day, um, Wealthiest can be in the hospital on the deathbed, almost dying mm-hmm. because they have lupus. Mm-hmm. Like no in the world is taking that away from you.
0: Well, right. But also like during COVID, I was like, please stop listening to Joe Rogan. He's worth a right. hundred million dollars. If he gets right. COVID, he'll be fine. We don't have insurance. And so that's why it's like the <laughs> hardest
2: question ever, because it's like, I am so sick of being sick. I'm sick of being sick and poor. Like, can you imagine not needing any <laughs> mental health? Right, how, how how far we can like, us but being over? poor, like I think I might be okay with that. Being yeah, completely would, healthy but poor.
0: I would get rich so quick. With exactly, all this shit not holding me back.
2: But and that's where it's hard because it's like um, I take the money because I just got paid and it went into my negative account. You know what I mean? Like you know, fuck the society. You know, just by the way, it's funny. oh, it's okay. I got five thirty eight. <laughs> I got you <two> up, <laughs> uh, but that was after my paycheck hit. Anyways. um that's a whole story in itself.
0: But yeah. What makes you happy? What are your what are your loves in your life? Your dogs, your girl? My
2: dogs, my girl, my your bickering family, bitch. My bickering bitch. My friends, my family and my dogs literally, like, are all that matter to me in mm-hmm. this world. Um, these my family, like I said. Um, I would rather stay at home with them than go out on the strip or go, you know. Yeah. Any day. Like they're my right or you know. Do we have
0: Anything else we want to
2: add? I don't know. I feel like we veered, but I I, I don't I know if we. we I, I think, think we did, hit everything. I think we got it. I don't know. You tell me, Kendra. I liked the
1: conversation. I'm just um, thank you for sharing. Like yeah, thanks for sharing. You were awesome. Your thank you. perspectives and your journey, because where does like a a facade-free position, like safe space, and like. Thank you for taking advantage of that. And like. Well, thank you. Giving me insight to some things that like. Like my own mother who is an addict. Right. Also struggles with. And like giving me empathy for her. It's, it, it's going to be hard for all of us
2: obviously. Yeah. But thank you. Well thank you. That means a lot to me. And um, and I hope something came across from this. Because I know there's so much in each of these categories. That I kind of surfaced a lot. Well. Sure. Lois to um, me. Like
0: you're in a very important interview I've been talking about interviewing you since we started this podcast because first of all you're one of the kindest most gentle ride or die is a good word you Aww. you have your my art is covered. <laughs> my fucking your house is covered in just random oh, shit I've sent gorgeous. you it's gorgeous. and you know like I love that when I rolled in, you just like got on my duffel bag. You're wearing my sweater. <laughs> like I'm not getting the shit back, but I love that you have it. I love that you. You're like you're just so into your people,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I appreciate that so much. Mm-hmm. And you've been through so much, I'm and much people didn't make your own family. Exactly, and pe- people have turned their backs on, their backs on you, and I don't know why. I honestly don't know why.
2: Sometimes I wonder if it's because I don't reach out.
0: Sometimes I wonder if it's just because you don't value yourself, babe. That's
2: what I mean. Like, I don't, because then, like I said, the conversations I had with my sister, it was like, well, I never knew. Like, Mm -hmm. why? like, Because
0: you don't think you're, they, they anyone cares about you, right? So,
2: like, that's, again, I do a lot of blame placing. Mm -hmm. We could go on. but
1: also, like, like. It's trauma. As much as you're not reaching out to them. They're they're not not reaching reaching out out to me. It is a two-way street. It always will be. Yep. I was agree. Taylor Swift I have to say that phone, to myself the All phone lines are rusted right <laughs> you have done a really wonderful job finding the family that supports you thank you
2: I think I have to I you. keep my circle small for a reason I've been burned so many times that that's another thing I do recommend to people is small circles are not something to be ashamed mm-hmm. of you don't need a thousand fake friends mm-hmm. on some fake social media platform um, having a couple real ones in real life is much better and worth its weight in gold.
0: I'd rather have 10 dimes and 100 pennies.
1: Let people go in and out of your Amen. life. Like Amen.
2: Mm-hmm. Cool. Amen.
1: All right.
0: right. can you have anything else? Uh,
1: I say these things. In, in the, the name, name of Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ. Amen.
2: Amen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sad
1: is this the place podcast is written recorded and edited at titan tower studios our theme song is by bobby and our cover art is by jessica sanchez this is our story as we see it we believe it to be true as far as it is translated correctly we'd be eternally grateful if you'd share the show with your friends and check out our community at patreon.com is this the place because even if this isn't the place You are still the people making this possible. Thank you.